0: Hi, I'm Kyle.
1: And I'm Trevor. And welcome to Catching Up on Cinema. Uh, If you're not familiar with the program, Catching Up on Cinema is a film analysis podcast (laughs) wherein Kyle and I take turns introducing one another to films. Uh, And in this way, we attempt to catch up on our respective cinemas. Uh, So today, Kyle got to pick the movie and we are in the month of December. So we're doing some Christmas adjacent kind of films. Uh, This is Hardly a holiday film, except it does have a lot of snow.
0: <laughs> it is hardly a, <laughs>
1: it is hardly a uh, family-friendly holiday film, Yeah, uh, but it does feature snow. Um, and so, Kyle, what, what what did you pick for this week?
0: Um, bringing it back to Cagetown, uh, <laughs> <laughs> picked out uh, The Frozen Ground from 2013. Uh, we definitely did cover a whole month of Nick Cage movies, and we're going to cover two more for this month. It uh, wasn't even the plan. It just kind of worked out that way.
1: Cage and a half.
0: But we were trying to figure out, I did some research for some other movies to do for this month, and they are so bad that they're not worth talking about. Yeah, Um, this
1: has been a surprisingly tough month to find movies for.
0: I mean, because it's a very neat, like, there's only really one type of movie you can find for December, and it's Christmas movies, and there is a lot of bad, bad, bad Christmas movies out there. There's
1: a lot of garbage Christmas movies, and then there's a lot of garbage, like, Christmas horror movies, Yeah. because it's the 21st century, we're millennials... (laughs) we're all about the the like non-mainstream christmas stuff. So like there's a reason why Die Hard is often cited as yeah. as the best christmas movie. It's because, you know, a bunch of young people are too proud to admit that, you know, like it's beautiful li- or it's a wonderful life or whatever. It's like, you know, it's good stuff or like or like chris like the christmas classics and stuff. It's mm. like it's too schmalty. It's like, "Oh, I don't want none of that." It's like, "No, I want to go with the off-kilter pick for christmas." <laughs>
0: Actually, the Krampus is the front runner of the non-traditional Christmas movie, Christmas horror movie. Because I've seen a couple now, like Krampus is still the best one I've seen.
1: I, uh, I mean, I haven't seen many of them, but I, I think I understand. Um, I was pretty impressed with Krampus. I, I, yeah,
0: I wouldn't. I watched Rare Exports. You can skip that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm proud that uh, the director of Krampus went on to do Godzilla: King of the Monsters, and, and he did a good job. Yeah, so I hope I hope he has more good projects in his future because yeah, he's he's on a roll. Uh,
0: yeah, I picked this one because this was a uh, I just happened to watch it with uh, my roommate at the time. Uh, we caught it, and like that was actually pretty solid. Um, this is during this is 2013, and Nick Cage was like. Doing a shit ton of movies, and he's also kind of on like his Steven Seagal decline of like just garbage. But this was like a quick little pit stop. Um, this is like, for the time, this is not a normal Nick Cage movie because he is not caging out. This is like an actual just performance. Yeah,
1: this felt like a, a stunt cast cage where it's like, we need a way to sell this movie that Frank, like, to be perfectly honest it's this is a hard sell yeah um you need to be a specific kind of person to even consider watching this movie um but it felt like they cast him more for the prestige of just having a face to put on the poster Mm -hmm. rather than anything that had to do with his acting ability or his particular skill set because he's not asked to do any of the things that you should do with your nick cage it's like nick cage there's like if you think of like a toolkit or something. Yeah. It's like Nick, Nick Cage is not so much a multi-tool. He's, he's he's like he's a very specific instrument that you know you should know what you're going to use him for before you pull him out of that toolbox. Yeah,
0: that's that's very true. Um
1: and like you know Mick, Nick Cage has movies like that in his filmography. Like he did some the the USS Indianapolis. They made oh, a movie forgot ad- about they made that. a movie adaptation of that and I haven't seen it cuz it looks it. like fucking garbage yeah. and it's a direct-to-video movie. But his face is big as life and twice as ugly on that poster, and I'm pretty sure that's all they hired him for, is just to be able to put his name and face on it.
0: See, Bad Lieutenant, uh is actually, you would think that's from that era of, like, Nick Cage doing garbage, and even the cover's like, oh, that's garbage, but it is not garbage <laughs> yeah, that, at all.
1: The, yeah, the poster art for that movie is horrendous. Yeah, it's terrible. It looks like it looks like it's trying to do, like, a Sin City thing or something.
0: Watch Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, fucking New Orleans. Fucking watch it. Watch it. It's fucking great. It I is was, awesome. I was
1: so glad I picked that for the show, because I hadn't seen that since college, but as soon as I started rewatching it for the show, I was like... Fucking yes! <laughs> like this is great. I should have I should have been calling for this from day one. Uh,
0: yeah, looking back, this movie's not as good as I remember it. I might have been drinking a little bit that night when I was watching it. And uh, but this is also uh, the second John Cusack movie we're gonna cover. Back to back, pretty
1: much. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, John Cusack, Vanessa Hudgens. If you're not familiar with her, she's from High School Musical and Spring Breakers.
1: Uh, she had a long career working with the disney corporation yeah um i'm not sure what her status she is these days is
0: doing netflix christmas movies now that'll, basically like that will pay the bills yeah it'll pay the bills she's in a she's in a, I think it's like her third one she's working on i had i've seen she does the uh it takes two not it takes two uh parent trap oh i uh, okay. think where she's uh there's one of her and there's a british her uh and she's doing an accent Uh, that that is exactly the parent trap (laughs) it's either the parent trap or I think it takes two is where they're completely identical strangers And I think that's what it is. Like, she just happens to look like her, if I'm not mistaken. Instead of a dad who got around or something. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And then there's some character actors. Uh, Dean Norris, Kevin Dunn, and Kurt Fuller all pop up in here for very, very little. I love Kevin Dunn. He's one of those guys that he can play serious, but he can also be really funny. He's great on Veep.
1: Yeah, I was really happy to see Kevin Dunn. Like, I I think you and I both point him out whenever he shows up. It's like, hey, Kevin Dunn! (laughs) I mean, fucking... Even Transformers, he's all right, and like Small Soldiers, he's great. He's great in Small Soldiers. Yeah, he's playing great. off of Phil Hartman.
0: Give that's that is the duo that we needed. If Phil Hartman hadn't passed away, or sorry, was murdered, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, that would have been a nice... Like keep giving them movies where they're like rival dads or rival neighbors. No, if,
1: if you want, if you want entertainment, <clears throat> just find a way to irritate Kevin Dunn mm-hmm. because his reactions are priceless. He's, he's just like angry dad. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's his role in everything.
0: <laughs> Uh, Dean Norris is barely I wouldn't even put him on the like he's barely in this movie he has one like one scene that's significant
1: yeah he's only in there a handful of times um he's not a big deal although like I've mentioned this to you off air I think these days he is because yeah. um, breaking, breaking bad, bad. Um, he is a very prominent role on that show I've only seen the first season but me too you know it's like one of the biggest shows ever in the history of television it's also
0: the most spoiled television show of all time oh really jeez yes yeah, well, I guess
1: you're hanging out with the wrong people then it just I it, haven't had any of
0: that. It was just constantly spoiled. Like, like the whole fucking se- I know what happens to that whole series. Oh, man. Yeah. it's it, terrible. I think it was because I was looking at the Chive at the time, and they just didn't give a fuck. They are like, no, oh, spoilers, nothing like that. It was just like, oh, here, That's break it I
1: feel like television spoilers are more potentially harmful than, t- like, movie ones. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I take more offense to having, like like seasonal television spoilers rather than like movie stuff because i can go into movies with spoilers and still have a good time but like a tv show like that or something if i know in advance what's happening why am i gonna dump like so much time yeah it's so much more time
0: if someone had ruined game of thrones like the end of season six for me i would have been irate like i would have been furious (laughs) but instead what my roommate did at the time is he saw the ending and uh, he watched it with us, and then he was recording our reactions to the end of season six. Cause holy shit, were we not ready for that?
1: Wow. Yeah. That's fun. <laughs> and I'm not. I'm gonna
0: do the right thing. I'm not gonna spoil it for you if you haven't seen it.
1: But yeah, um, prior to Breaking Bad, which again, like I said, I don't. I personally don't have much background with it. I know Dean Norris as the big giant head from the Lawnmower Man. Oh, I haven't seen that. He has a gap in his teeth that oh. you become intimately familiar with in that movie. <laughs> Interesting. Um, and also he has a small role in Starship Troopers. And
0: Starship fucking Troopers.
1: It's a good movie. I enjoy it. <clears throat> my brother 1st I think it was the first R-rated movie I saw in the theater.
0: My brother was reading sci-fi movies when I was younger and I just didn't have the time for him. I just didn't, couldn't care. I was really into horror and comedy. And I need to go back and watch some of those, and that's one of them that he rented that I just didn't watch.
1: Well, maybe I'll make you watch it for the show, because it's worth talking about. That'd it's a, cool. a good time.
0: So yeah, this movie uh, takes place in the 80s. It's based on actual events. Uh, the serial killer, this is based off of... Okay, so I'll give you the rundown of the story real quick. So we have uh, a girl who's escaped uh, a possible serial killer, and Nick Cage is trying to get her to testify against their suspect, who is John Cusack, Not a spoiler, it's throughout the entire film. Uh, And, uh, yeah, they end up catching him, obviously, because this is based off of a serial killer they caught who has a name. Uh, (laughs) He was the Butcher Baker. Uh, He was active from 1971 to 1983. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, it's based on actual events, and this is, like, early 80s. Um, Yeah, I have the the exact year. 83. So, yeah, so the, the director is Scott Walker. This is the only film full-length film that he directed. and Does
1: he have other credits in the he, industry?
0: No, he has three credits. Wow. He has a writing credit for this, a writing credit for a 12-minute 12, uh, 12 short uh, that he also directed, and then he has a writing credit for some other movie, and that is it. Wow. Yeah, nothing else. That's shocking. Nothing else. Yeah. Uh, I think it was because this had a $27 million budget, uh, allegedly, and it grossed 5600000 million.
1: That'll bury you yeah
0: <laughs> uh, the, the script for this there's a better way to do this movie we're going to get into it uh, I think the problem was is there was a better way to do this movie it's not it's not very good it's okay it's it's not
1: bad it's boilerplate serial killer stuff
0: it is and it had potential to be much better I think um, and I'm going to reference a few other serial killer movies Sounds of the Lambs is going to come up uh, the show um, Mindhunter not Manhunter Mindhunter <laughs> from Netflix is going to come up because I think they do a really good job of this um uh, yeah, so that'll come up a little bit, but yeah, this guy did fucking nothing else. Uh, shot on location and almost exclusively in exclusively in Alaska, which I did appreciate.
1: They made good use of like the terrain and the setting. Like, Very much. It definitely looks. Like like it's supposed to. Like it looks grungy. It looks like Alaska. It's perpetually dark.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was talking with uh, a girl I work with, and she was talking about she's going back and watching these old Disney movies and and appreciating the animation. She's into anime, so she's really into animation. And I was like, I realized talking to her, I'm like, it's hard for me to appreciate animated films for their artwork uh, because I realized I'm more of a photographic. I, I I like the the photography of the film like the actual just like the stills like I just like oh, to see okay. the like see the actual um, as opposed the to shots. the shot movement as, as opposed to the movement just like there are certain shots that you can just take like from there's like Blade Runner 2049 there's like there's a specific shot and like I love that like I could just ex- I could blow that up and just have that as a picture one of, see I I started like a, I
1: think I mentioned it previously I started to try to put together a top 100 list for myself just as a pet project, um, I've encouraged you and my brother to try to do, do the same. Mm. I know it's really fucking hard. Yeah. Um, but uh, one of the movies I threw down on there was uh, Sleeping Beauty, the Disney movie.
0: Oh, that's one that I, she brought up.
1: I watched that one a lot when I was young, mm. um, mostly because there's a dragon at the end mm-hmm. and a, a knight guy fights the dragon. I was like, I don't care about anything else in this movie. Nothing I just want to get to the end, just but that. it's on VHS, so I have to basically watch the whole fucking movie every time I want to see that scene. Yeah. Um because I'm not going to fast forward it, it might ruin the tape. <laughs> um, yeah, but, I was going to say, did your mom say, don't do that, you're going to ruin the tape? Yeah. I think I was <laughs> admonished at least once. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the reason I throw that out there is just um, for your particular sensibilities, I think the visual style of that movie might be interesting for you, because it's very flat. Like, the backgrounds look like, like uh, pages in a storybook. Mm. Uh, so there's less dimensionality, I guess, to the, to the backgrounds. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's meant to look flat. And it's really interesting. Like I can't think of another movie that comes to mind that has that particular look to it.
0: I, I realize, like watching old sci-fi films and older films, I love matte paintings. I like, I just like that style. But I bring that up because I think the uh, the visuals, like the on-location shooting in Alaska, made me think better of this film looking back because it just looks really good.
1: Yeah, uh, somebody rented a helicopter, and they make liberal use of it. Very. Um, too much use of it, to be honest. Uh, There's a few they shots. They get a little carried yeah. away where it's like, I don't know why these shots are in this movie. Um, not so much I don't know why these shots are in this movie. I don't know why they're placed where they are. Mm. Um, it's just like, did you have? Did you really have nothing else you could put in there?
0: <laughs> we, were, we, were bashing, we were bashing it before we got on here, but uh, Public Enemies. Yeah. Uh, this kind of reminds me of that with the camera work, because we're getting a lot of you are trying to make sense of what's happening in the shot where we're like close-up and we have like a strange angle on people it's like it's like a five-foot-five five person looking at a six-foot person like it's not completely looking down you're kind of face-to-face but it's still like really up and close and moving
1: well, Public Enemies was shot on digital Ugh. and Michael Mann kind of fell in love with using those cameras. And if you ask me, that really hurt the look of that movie. It looks it's awful. A peri- it's a period film.
0: That it, That's what ruined it, was it looked
1: terrible. And it shouldn't have that weird motion blur that, that tends to come with that kind of equipment in that era. But that's besides the point. The, um, the cinematography in this movie is kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. Like Cameras locked down from time to time. But then whenever anyone starts to get any sort of emotion behind what they're talking about yeah it starts it starts green-grassing the fuck out and it feels like we're in the born supremacy yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah uh, this movie actually pretty much opens with both both examples we just talked about like the first shots in the movie are helicopter shots very very smooth um, very pretty of like mountain landscapes, and we're just getting the credits. But then the first humans we get, it's just like cramped, and the camera yeah, is racing all, all over the fucking place. There's noise. It's really disorienting.
0: I guess it's trying to like set the tone for the darker elements of the film. But I it, think so. It doesn't do a good job of it. Uh, I just, I'm sorry I had to bring this up. I just re- just thought of something. So um, apparently, Matt Damon was going to be recast for either Ocean's Twelve or Ocean's Thirteen. I think it was Ocean's Twelve. Uh, because he was so tired from the Bourne movies. Oh. Uh, but I just was thinking, uh, like, this this movement, you said the Bourne movies, there's a shot in Ocean's 13 where they send him uh, to to England to like do some uh, research, mm-hmm. and they're following him, and it looks like the Bourne movie. Yeah! Because <laughs> like, it looks like, like somebody's following him, like somebody's just walking with a camera, and it it completely stands out from the whole film, because no other shots in the film are done like that. Hmm. And I'm wondering if they did that on purpose. Like it's it's explicitly supposed to be like here's a nod to him being in the Bourne movies.
1: Maybe I mean I'd be curious like if the music matched that because the Bourne movies have a. A consistent composer through all of them, like John Powell. So it's like, there's no time. Talk- <laughs> he's just like, talking, he's like I've, used
0: up, I've used up all my bribe money and I'm pretty sure I'm being followed. Like, he's almost like doing a Jason Bourne thing. Like, he's huh. walking down the street. I'd
1: be curious to see that. I, got... I mean, I wouldn't put past those folks. I've got to find that the clip second of... movie. Sucks, but no, it's <laughs> awful. <laughs> it's ugly to look at, too, and it has it, a lot of attractive people It's <laughs> really, really bad. We um, have a quote to start this movie. Oh, uh, I didn't write that down. It's. Matthew 1016. Oh, damn. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves.
0: Oh, yeah, I guess that kind of plays the Nick Cage's character. Oh, his wife is not great in this.
1: Yeah, I forget <clears throat> that actress's name, but she's the lead in Silent Hill. Yeah, Hell, I knew And it. no one is good in that movie except for Alice Creage. She's what is, pretty good. Isn't she? Scene Bean in there? Scene Bean has a small role. Okay. And uh, the, <laughs> the guy from Waterworld that Kevin Costner murders, uh, Below Deck's... Oh, <laughs> he he has a big role in it too, uh, alongside Scene Bean.
0: He's, he's from uh, Battlefield Earth. Yeah, Battlefield Earth. Yes, and Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, I can't. Piece of think... cake. Piece of cake. Piece of cake.
1: Yeah, I can't remember his name. But he's I know very he's... Canadian. He's also the coach in Goon. I don't know. Oh his name. yes, that's right. Yes,
0: I watch Goon. I love Goon. Goon I is love,
1: a... There's one scene in Goon. I mean, there's a lot of scenes in Goon. There's a lot. Goon, it's a movie. But the coach has this scene where he's he's looking at Sean William Scott and he puts both his hands up. And just the phrasing, he's like, what the fuck, motherfucker? <laughs> I'm like, that's a lot of fucks, Jeez.
0: But it just comes out butter smooth. Who's the bad guy? I can't think of his name. I oh. know his face. I can't think of his name. Oh, in Goon? Yeah.
1: Oh, that's uh, Leif Schreiber. Leif Schreiber, he's thank great. you. I yeah,
0: like that's, that's a really good movie.
1: Um, we should talk about the, the frozen ground. <laughs> yeah, we've been talking about nothing. Um, yeah, it is. We are in Anchorage, Alaska. Alaska. 1983. Like I said, opening shots are via like helicopter um looks like maybe cgi assisted because it's like really smooth and yeah. definitely like a little bit of like day for night shit going on here uh but yeah then we're in like it's a hotel or something or a motel
0: it's a motel it's a motel uh, <laughs> we ain't got money for a hotel the, the part of town they're in there are no hotels ho- <laughs> hotel. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, so we get to like Vanessa Hudgens, and she uh, her name is Cindy in this. Yeah, uh, I have their initials. I used everybody's initials because it's just too long to to write everybody's name down. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she is in distress. She's handcuffed. She's freaking out. She's got a bloody nose. Um, cops are like looking for like hey, there's a noise complaint. The cops get her. She's doing a pretty good job. Of- she.
1: It needs to be said her performance in this is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, this scene in particular to open things like this it was like. She has a way of crying that sounds it's like unset- a child. It's unsettling. Yeah, it, she, she. I think she was like 23 when this came out. That sounds about right. So she's probably 22, 21 when they filmed it. But the type of cry that she's doing, it's like, fuck, it yeah. sounds like someone's little sister. It, That's really uncomfortable.
0: Well, she's supposed to be playing 17. Yeah. And, and she's doing it well. She's doing it very well. Yeah, um, yeah. They they get her. Uh, there's a cop who I thought was going to be bigger, have a bigger role in this, but he's like not in the movie at all. Uh, picture a white guy that's six feet tall. That's what this guy looks like. <laughs> he so is just white <laughs> cop. That's the I like. I look at like you have nothing interesting, <laughs> or remotely <laughs> characteristic about you. You are just white guy cop. Just
1: pass him in the hallway and just point at him and be like grilled cheese grilled he, cheese he's he like what and you're like you're a big fan huh he's like you, you eat a lot of grilled cheese
0: american i would just american cheese i would just call him grilled cheese <laughs> Grilled cheese. so grilled cheese uh he gets <laughs> vanessa hudgens uh he gets her to the uh he gets her to the cop station and they're d- so we find out that she's a prostitute uh she they give her like her little backstory. like yeah she said that there was this guy he was beating her he he raped her, and uh, he. She managed to get away somehow, but it doesn't make any sense how she's handcuffed in a hotel. Yeah,
1: it, this was very confusing. Very um, confusing. I feel like it was the fault of the filmmaker more so than myself because I, you know, I tend to pay attention, but there were there were definitely things that I missed in dialogue. I can admit that that there there was at least one thing that I asked you about that I, I completely missed. Um, but that's yeah. There's she, there's mention of like a plane and a cabin. Yeah, and I was like.
0: How the fuck did they? Then
1: how? Why is she in a a motel, and why is she handcuffed, and where's the guy, and where's the plane, and where's? I was just like, this is a lot of information that's not adding up.
0: So I think there was there's some confusion because uh, we come to find out that John Cusack has done this before. He's been arrested for what's happened, uh, but not for this this situation. So she's saying that he had uh raped her and had her chained up and he was going to kidnap her he was like i'm gonna take you on my plane to a cabin so they're saying that that's what she said but later we find out that he actually did take a woman and raped her at a cabin but managed to i guess she got away or something like that so i don't know we, how.
1: I, I don't think we ever find out how she ended up in no. that motel yeah,
0: it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't really matter. But they're um, now they're questioning her. I'm sorry. They're cross examining her. Yeah,
1: they are. No, they're they're hassling her. It's <laughs> super shitty. They're accosting
0: shitting. her. This no. this has been a thread. Um, it was actually uh, the 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 premise of Cape Fear is literally uh, uh, what's his uh, Max Cady uh, sexually assaults and rapes a young girl. And he could have had a lesser sentence because it was they could have uh, uh, shown that she was promiscuous yes. because she was, I think, maybe a prostitute or maybe they just said that she was promiscuous. Yeah. And I guess you can get a lower sentence because of that. But I don't know how. And that's why he's really mad at his uh, counselor. He's...
1: he's- really mad. He's really mad at his counselor. <laughs> Air quotes, really mad.
0: So that seems like the angle that this cop is playing it's like I I don't believe her like she's a prostitute. She's a well like she's known to be a prostitute. Well,
1: there's there's a theme that only gets touched on a few times in the movie, but it's basically this this line of thinking where somebody in her line of work like yeah. a prostitute is less than human or lesser than, I guess. I
0: think it's a theme in uh not a theme, but I think it's kind of an MO for serial killers as well. I mean, by the time we get to the
1: end of this, it's pretty. It's laid out pretty clearly yeah. that that's part of how he feels justified in what he's doing. It's it's like, oh, it was, you know, who cares? It's like, they're not even people.
0: But they're a they're a vulnerable they're a vulnerable uh, well, population yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, she we find out yeah she's a prostitute and. Uh, They're like, he's like, yeah, I don't believe her, blah, 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 blah. We've got to get Nick Cage in here. yeah Uh, (laughs) Long story short, let's call the cage. So I guess (laughs) uh, somewhere up... Alaska is like an eighth of the size of the United States just as itself. So they have to go somewhere in a plane because they've identified a body somehow uh <laughs> apparently they've unearthed uh the remains of of somebody and they need nick cage for it yeah uh, he's in the process of moving and uh there's a little b- uh, back and forth with his wife when he first picked up he's like did you give the people the check and he's just kind of uh and just kind of leaves the she, house yeah
1: she's basically bugging him because he was supposed to pay the movers mm-hmm. and they need it like by a certain date before they can get working and uh, apparently he hasn't cut them a check just yet so things are stalled
0: that will come up later
1: yeah um his relationship to his wife felt—I mean, we brought this up before we went on the air—Bad uh, Lieutenant and Eight Millimeter in particular. Yeah, um, it yeah. reminded me a bit of Eight Millimeter. How it just—he has kind of a weird, distant relationship with his wife, mm-hmm. and he has a kid that's barely acknowledged. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he gets called away, and uh, they have to like get in a chopper and like fly yeah. out to the site and everything, yeah. and. Uh, Point is, I guess we're supposed to look at Cage as like some sort of authority figure when it comes to, you know, like detective ing yeah. <laughs> crime scene investigation or whatever the fuck.
0: I think he's the lead detective for the precinct and uh, he's basically, he's leaving, he's in his last two weeks, and he's taking another job um, that's going to get him away from all this.
1: Yeah, he's got two weeks to
0: retirement. His, his wife wants him to bring it home. Just guaranteed you're going to get this case, son. Yeah. They gave fucking uh, Morgan Freeman the case. He had seven days left. He's like, yeah. I retire in a week. I'm like, you got to take this fucking serial killer case, dude. That would not happen.
1: They all probably hang out at the same bar with Riggs and Murtaugh. Yeah. Just collectively too old for this shit. They're all collectively <laughs> too old for this shit. Um, but yeah, he, he arrived by Chopper and they go out to the crime scene uh, it's like on the shore like a muddy shore yeah um, and they, he meets Dean Norris uh, who is wearing a floppy-eared hat because yeah. if you're in Alaska I guess that's what you do well, I would I would. I would that. do that Yeah. Man. if I have like free reign to wear that hat in public and oh, have yeah. nobody give a shit fuck yes fuck yeah <laughs> I want a floppy-eared hat um, but yeah they find like a body in the mud and yeah. it looks like practically mummified yeah it's been out there for a minute they, yeah
0: he says like the the animals have gotten to it. So. Yeah, he
1: says a bear dug it up, and yeah. later on they share with us that that said bear was shot yeah, <laughs> because they needed to get to the body, and they couldn't get to get away from it, and they you know they want some remains because I'm pretty sure bears uh, aren't too shy about eating everything. Yeah, um, but yeah, apparently this was they have reason to believe this was a missing person previously that the body is
0: um, that we haven't really established what. I mean, there is a landline used when Cage is at home, but we haven't really established like what, t- like what era this is in. It's nineteen
1: eighty-three.
0: Uh, until we get to see Vanessa Hudgens laying on a motel bed, <laughs> and she has a carton of milk, like a box of milk, next to her nightstand. It just I'm says like, milk. Just says milk. On- <laughs> <laughs> it's milk in a box. I'm like, oh, okay, it's the oh, '80s. <laughs> okay, I remember that.
1: <laughs> no, there's some weird like. I don't know if they're discrepancies. Um, I was born in 87. Hmm. Um, but the use of cell phones in this movie. There is use of cell phones. There is use of cell phones that's a little suspect. Because I, I remember that first lethal weapon, which was not 83. It was like 88, yeah. 89 even. Um, and he had the car battery yeah. cell phone. Don't put
0: that next to your head. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, not only that, uh, DNA testing was
0: not a thing was not
1: a thing i i looked it it up 95 i looked it up on wikipedia it was originally used in the year 1983 in the uk it was yes that was the first instance of it but the first instance i can recall where it was made public like very loud and proud was the oj simpson business
0: Loud and proud, yes. I think that some some people were using it, but it wasn't it wasn't widely widely. I don't used. think and so. It wasn't even well and, known.
1: And that's a, a small plot point in this movie where like somebody makes reference to semen as being a way to like, identify the killer or something. But
0: they do make use of polygraph. It comes up a couple of times, which was admissible in court at the time. It's at not, the time? Yeah, yeah, it's not. Yeah, normal. I know it's not now. No, But <laughs> yeah, they bring it up a couple of times. Like, well, you got to get it in a polygraph. She's like, I'm not going to do that. I'm like, fucking smart on you, dude. Those things are not accurate. You're going to do <laughs> they're gonna put you in prison for being raped, for crying out loud. <laughs> like, Jesus. Um, yeah, so uh, we... I guess he, Cage is kind of piecing it together. He's like, this sounds very familiar to a couple other cases we had. He's basically pitching to somebody. He's like, this is a serial. Like, I'm pretty sure this is a serial killer. This is going to keep, Kevin Dunn. He's like, Kevin yeah. Dunn, this is going to be a serial case. This is not the first time he's done it. And it's not going to be the last time he's done it. Have You you know what serial killers are? This is what to say. <laughs> <laughs> he's
1: like, Kevin Dunn, do you need like visual aids or something? Do you need me like, to say you, it another give way? Me look. <laughs> give me a look. It, it doesn't, I'm not confident in your comprehension. Here. Yeah. Are you getting this? <laughs> So yeah, on, uh, wake up, Dunn. So Kevin
0: Dunn's kind of like, listen, maybe, but we're going to need a lot more than just this. Like, okay, fine. So now we have to find out. He explains. Um, so Cage is, like, doing his research. He's got the um, grilled cheese working on some stuff,
1: I well, think. They don't work directly. Um, grilled cheese actually is frustrated. Like, mm-hmm. that detective who was hassling Vanessa Hudgens, um, He, they butt heads over some things. And grilled cheese takes it upon himself to, like, dig through the evidence. Locker or whatever.
0: John Cusack is one of the suspects from the very beginning. Yes. His name, his, he's up on the bulletin board. And this is like, this kind of leads into learning about John Cusack because we're, uh, Nick Cage is talking to Kevin Dunn and he's telling him about John Cusack. He's like, this yeah. is the guy that I, I think that probably did it. But he's got nothing on him at this point. Yeah. No, that carries
1: on basically throughout the entire movie. Yeah. Um, but some shenanigans happen. Uh, Cage. Is basically wise to the fact that this is probably a serial killer, mm-hmm. and he's trying to convince Kevin Dunn. Um, Cage actually tries to opt out; like yeah. he, he's just like saying, "So this is what I think. Do with that what you will. I'm going to go home and move with my wife." But um, then a parcel arrives with like ev- an evidence file in it. It yeah. was mailed by Grilled Cheese. Yes, um, Somerset. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally seven. Um, but yeah, uh, the, the file gets handed off to Cage at Dunn's insistence. And so he's like, oh, I guess I'm uh, on the case then.
0: Well, it jumps to John Cusack from uh, Nick Cage telling him, like, this girl managed to get away. But he said that uh, this guy was going to do a photo shoot of her. Um, that's how she got duped by him. Cut to this girl talking to her, this young girl talking to her roommate like, yeah, you gotta go do this fucking photo shoot. And I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> but this was like, the, I mean, people did fall for this at one point, I'm assuming. Uh, and this is the 80s, so I guess we didn't have the red flags that we have now.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm guessing, like, Anchorage is, I don't imagine, too small of a town. But, like, all the, peop- all the victims in this movie are prostitutes. Mm-hmm. All of them. I don't know about
0: the first uh, this girl though. Is she a prostitute? She might she, be. a stripper. She
1: hops in the camper and I think makes mention of a blowjob. <laughs> okay, yeah, she's, she's
0: she may not be a prostitute, but she's definitely familiar with scumbags. So yeah, um, she she brought her dog with her. Um, but
1: yeah, it, I mean, every everybody wants to you know make a living and not work too hard at it, or uh, regardless of what background you come from. That's something. Leisure is something we all seek. In in some capacity and the promise of X amount of cash for like very little, very little effort put forth, you know, that's very enticing. And, and I could, I could see somebody justifying it to themselves in their mind despite knowing the risks.
0: Yeah, I'd um, I'd say... Pre- it's sad,
1: but yeah, I could totally see people doing that.
0: I'd say 99.9% of people doing illegitimate prostitution uh, would probably want to get out of that industry. Yes! Uh, <laughs> I would a, imagine that's the aim. Or at least to transfer over to legitimate, uh, like an actual establishment that's in Nevada, because that's the <laughs> only place that you can do that at. Uh, but, um, yeah, so she gets into the car. She gets into a truck camper. So... One, if a dude's like, we're going to take a photo shoot, he better have a six-figure car picking you up. Yeah. that Or sending, uh, you know what, I'll allow a limo service or even a town car with tinted windows like that even would be better. If a or, dude...
1: or at least an address for the studio.
0: Yeah. Where's the studio? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs>
1: the things to consider. Truck with a camper. My mm-hmm. God. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, yeah. She gets in there and you know from like she's not going to make it. Yeah,
1: that's that's not good. Um, uh, but then uh, Enter Cusack Yes, um, his I'm sorry, but um y- you haven't seen Tommy Wiseau's The Room. Yeah. But you have seen I'm guessing the highlight reel, right?
0: I've seen the fine points, guys Yeah, that,
1: that's all you need to see. Yeah, that's I what I honestly, that is all you need to see. The whole movie isn't that fun all the way from front to back. Um but one of the highlights of that movie is the the flower shop. I do remember that, yes. yes. It's like, oh, I didn't see you come in. <laughs> yeah. like, here you go, keep the change. Oh, hi, <laughs> Like This scene <laughs> yeah. basically plays out like that. Like Cusack just walks into this bakery. Everybody says, oh, hi, Johnny, I didn't see you then. <laughs> His yeah. name is Bob. Yeah. Um, but everybody knows him. Everybody's happy to see him. He, like, zips through the bakery, grabs some bread, helps a gal in the back, and then zip, he's
0: gone. Well, he's the owner, it's pretty clear, uh, because he he helps the one lady. And I have a friend who owns a restaurant, and this is not how restaurant owners go in and out of their place. Uh, They do not zip in and zip out. They come through, check some things, make sure some things are going good. Uh, He's just going there to get a loaf of bread. My friend would spend at least five to ten minutes just doing something. It's around. your investment. Yeah, you give a, a shit. shit. You give a shit. <laughs> but he is in and out, just straight out uh, but, out of there.
1: I mean, the the running gag with the scene in the room was that they probably had like five minutes to film there, mm-hmm. so we just gotta we just Get gotta it. go, and then we we'll, we'll ADR all the dialogue for everyone. The in whole the scene. movie for the entire movie. Whereas this, is just like. What? Cusack, like, slow, slow the fuck down. It's like, I, I'm happy to see you. What are you doing?
0: <laughs> um, I mean, he's, the, I, he's a known serial killer. He was known as the Butcher Baker. Him being a baker serves no purpose in the story. I think this is literally just to show you that he has free time and this is that serial killer.
1: I think it's more to demonstrate that he is respected in
0: the community. That is true. Because that okay. comes up with an FBI profile. I
1: think that that's why the scene's there. It's just to demonstrate that it's like, ooh, he's he's okay on the outside, but on the inside, he's a
0: monster. Oh, they demonstrate the fuck out of his <laughs> his uh, use to the community, because they're just coming into his house like, hey, I was looking for you. Like, Fucking for real? Dude. Well, you can't do that. You almost died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, they uh, somewhere in the dialogue, um, they mention, I think it's Dean Norris is talking with Kevin done and nick cage and he's like we want this guy bob because he has already been he's been in trouble with the law uh a psychiatrist diagnosed him with something he did after he'd already committed a murder not committed a murder he committed some kind of crime and did time for it he raped a woman was sentenced to five years in prison and being white in the 80s really paid out because he did three fucking months for it which is, I don't know how accurate that is. I looked up uh, like some of his stuff. He did do prison time, but this particular crime wasn't mentioned. But white dude in the 80s? Yeah, I could definitely see that yeah, happening. The
1: point is, we have a situation where some there was some inept police work or some inept conviction. Yeah. <laughs> there. Um, because, yeah, apparently, aside from the rape thing, he also kidnapped a gal at gunpoint. Yeah. And apparently got nothing for it. Um, but yeah, Cage has an evidence file on him, and he's focused on it. Yeah, I would be <laughs> For too. For obvious reasons. I mean, there's
0: not, like, I'm sure Anchorage is big, but the area that they're covering doesn't seem like there'd be a lot of people, and this guy is 100% the guy who did it. No, like I would
1: want to at least talk to him. Yeah,
0: <laughs> at least. <laughs> at least just, you know, check him out or something. Uh, um, but yeah, one of,
1: the, one of the guys who's on Cage's support staff, I don't know his name, but I, I was telling you off air, he's a... He had a big year after Avatar.
0: Jack Michael Chickles?
2: Yeah, actually. Very yeah. much so.
1: I, I think he's ex-military. He's he's very He has a very upright posture. Uh, oftentimes he has a shaved head. And he's, this, big, he's a big boy. He's a big guy. And he has a mustache. But yeah, he's one of the heavies in Avatar. And then he's also um, the fixer guy who makes Daredevil's costume in the no. Netflix Daredevil show. He's good on that. He plays a very uh, slow and very particular guy where it's like you, you gotta approach him from the right angle otherwise you're gonna have problems yeah I got what you but mean. once you do he loves you he's, yeah he's a teddy bear I know what you're talking but about but you, you sneak up, up to like too fast or from the wrong angle he's gonna bust your fucking
0: head in he's gonna knock your teeth out
1: um, but yeah Cage is connecting the dots here and it appears that there's a pattern of like he says 120 to
0: 125
1: pounds like like yeah. women <laughs> of a of a specific stature he's got a type yeah he's got a type yeah. and uh so Small women courted for, quote, big money gigs with a guy in a cabin. Yeah. And so the cage is like, okay, we know what to be looking for now. And uh, he goes out and he meets this guy who I have to assume is a real cop. Because the way this guy talks, mm-hmm. he is way too comfortable yeah. <laughs> with all this shit. So they go on a walk on something this gentleman. Uh, he knows he- everything he knows everything I mean, about
0: prostitution. This is an exposition dump like crazy. It's
1: like 5 minutes of just sustained prostitution jargon. Yeah. <laughs> and this guy takes him on a walk down something he calls the host row.
0: So there are definitely streets. Um there's one in my hometown. Uh I think it's Fairs Fairs Avenue. It's well known to be specifically drugs and prostitutes and it's not aurora yeah, <laughs> aurora is a big stretch though fares is like it's it's only a couple of blocks it's not a long stretch but it's pretty gross gotcha. uh so yeah we're we're in uh the the prostitute row and it is popping this place like, like you said i don't think I, I don't know how accurate this was this is also in the 80s but at the time
1: you take the tech noir from terminator yeah put it outside. That's yeah. that's, what, that's where we are. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah.
0: Uh, this guy's like, yeah. So there's lots of there's uh, there's prostitution through here. Uh, a lot of the girls have their own pimps. There's pimp feuds. Um, there is sex trafficking War, going on. Warring
1: factions of pimps. Yes, warring. <laughs> yes, seriously.
0: Uh, this was also produced by Fifty Cent. That's important because that, put, uh, a, pu- pin put that. a pin in that. Put a pin in that. Because if there was one character you could cut out of this movie, uh, that would be him. That would be him. Uh, but there was some, a funny a line in here. So we we were both in Seattle, and. Uh, <laughs> He's like, yeah, so there's a prostitution ring, sex trafficking ring, run by some mob in Seattle. And I'm like, fucking mob in Seattle? First of all, mob in Seattle in the 80s? Who the fuck was in the mob in Seattle in the 80s? I
1: think we had like a South American situation. There was also like a... uh, Before that, there was like a, I think, a Chinese gang situation. Oh, really? But... I don't know about that.
0: Nah, they can I you can't afford. Like the mob can't afford to live in Seattle, man. He's
1: like, but yeah, we got mob in Oregon, and Washington, and Alaska. It's like, yeah,
0: those are the places I think of when I think of the fucking when mob. I the Licoca, <laughs> when I think of the La Cosa Nostra, I think the Pacific Northwest. I think of Oregon. I mean, there are more than the Italian mafia, so he's just saying mob in the, vaguely. The, the
1: mob out of Astoria, Oregon. But if
0: it was an Asian mob, he would have specified the actual Triad, yeah, he would probably been, would have, yeah, some of that. Some,
1: um, you know, it's the early 80s, he probably would have had some choice words to throw out there. You know? I am thinking <laughs> politically incorrect words.
0: I'm gonna say Russian, it's gonna be Russian mob. That's I can what see it, that. that's actually. what it's gonna be because, I can uh, see that. according to Sarah Palin, she can see Alaska from her backyard, or she can see Russia from her backyard in Alaska. So, uh-huh. I'm gonna go with some kind of uh Eastern European uh white guy mob. So, we're in an Anchorage strip club. <laughs> so, we're looking around, uh, looking around for the girls. This is like some of the grossest strip clubs I've ever seen on film.
1: I've never actually been in a strip club, so I can't vouch for the accuracy.
0: I've been in strip clubs in other countries, and they're not as gross as this. Okay.
1: But yeah, this is, it's very dingy. There's a lot of red lights. It's like. It's like sweaty aliens. I, I have <laughs> been to
0: a, a strip club this gross. Uh, by the way, I've been to strip clubs, but they've never been my choice. Never been my choice. It's always been somebody in our group wants to go, and we stick together, and we go. But I've been to one in Bremerton, Washington, which is now no longer there, thank God. But it is one of the worst places uh, <gasps> I've ever been to. It is one of the saddest places ever. So you took a ferry ride? No, no, no. I lived to a strip club. <laughs> I was living in Bremerton. I'm absolutely not taking a ferry ride to go <laughs> to a, a strip club. Strip club. <laughs> no. My friends, let's go over there. And like it was like a Tuesday. I'm like, whatever, dude. I'm bored. Yeah, it was that awful. That sounds about right. But, um,
1: yeah, we go through there. Not a whole lot happens, but we do meet uh, Jacked Danny McBride. Who yeah, you, you you identified from another film. I didn't recognize him. Like oh. He's the bouncer at the strip club. No, he
0: looked like a guy identified in another oh, film. Okay. He's I he might have been something I've seen, but I don't remember. He him.
1: looks like he would be in like a lot of like medieval movies or something. He does
0: kind of have that look. He looks like he'd be a, he looks like a biker like yeah. A, he looks like a scary. He's got biker. a
1: mullet. He's got like patchy facial hair. He's got ruddy complexion. He's big. Yeah. Um, he plays the bouncer and and rightfully so. He may have been in in real life. Looks like it. <laughs> but yeah, following the strip club scene, uh, Cage has a sit down meeting like, in a diner or something with uh, one of the victim's sisters.
0: Yes, and this is very important. It's actually, like, the most important thing from the whole movie.
1: Yeah, um, there's an introduction of a prop that plays into the story later on. Um, But basically she says, like, hey, like, I know it's selfish of me to say, but, like, could you please put a premium on trying to find my
0: sister? Like, all I want to do is bury her. The big guy's from Split. He's the, the uncle. The uncle in the flashbacks. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. He has
1: the right look for that. Yep. Unfortunate, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> he's that's. Pro- a... He's probably a loving family man, but he has that look.
0: He's in Fury as
1: well. Oh, he has that look too. Yeah. <laughs> just... He can do it. Yeah, he can do a lot of things. But sorry to um, derail. The the main thing that comes out of the sit down meeting is uh, she hands over a bracelet. Yeah. She has a bracelet. She says, "My sister has the exact same one. I want you to have this because I want. It's you. like a totem. You." You, you, you need to find her. Yeah. So Cage accepts it, kind of grudgingly. Like I don't want a girl's bracelet. As this it's if, not even the right I,
0: color. As, <laughs> as if a serial killer killing young girls isn't compelling enough to be motivation. Uh, here's the bracelet of one of the victims. Don't forget. <laughs> don't forget. I've got the case files, dude. I'm not gonna forget. So I've got a fucking trunk filled with files, man. <laughs> John Cusack, I'm- love your work. <laughs> eight millimeter
1: throwback speaking of which uh cusack is in his is like a den it's i thought it was it's like a cabin but i think it's just his house it's the back room
0: of his house it's his basement okay so if you're it's not
1: even his basement it's just like in the
0: back of the house if you uh if you're a kid and your dad has two locks on a room that you're not allowed to go into Call the police! <laughs> Something bad is happening in that well, room.
1: Well, that's the thing is, like, there's not even like a door. There's not even like a door. It's just, it's just you're not supposed no, to go
0: in there. There's a door. He's got, uh, he's got like two locks. No, no, oh, no. That's okay. I think that's the shed. Maybe I that's think the sh- that's the shed. That's the shed.
1: But yeah, I feel like he just like seamlessly walks in there. Yeah. But it's just like a rec room or a den, and he has far too many animal heads up on the wall. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he's feeding his dog. And then he gets a voicemail from his wife, and she, sound, she sounds uh, sheepish, sheepish as all hell. Yeah, um, It's pretty obvious they don't have much of a connection here. Um, but then he sits down to watch a nature program of a gazelle getting chomped by a
0: crocodile. Oh, um, yes, he's watching that. But forgot about the Vanessa Hudgens interview. She's being interviewed by Nick Cage.
1: Yeah, that comes right now, actually. Oh. So Cage sits down, he meets with Vanessa Hudgens. It's happening back to back. It's like happening at the same time. Concurrently.
0: Con- concurrently. Concurrently.
1: <laughs> And yeah, Cage meets up with Vanessa Hudgens, Cindy, and she is smoking at his desk in the fucking precinct. You can do that in the 80s. Uh,
0: Yeah, I know, but that's still rude. Nah, you can do that.
1: (laughs) It's like, nah, I'm okay with that.
0: If there's an ashtray, you can smoke.
1: But yeah, she does the...
0: uh, I don't understand...
1: There's a trope here where it's like, you know, sassy noir lady, she immediately starts asking him questions as soon as he sits down.
0: Yeah, there's like there's a confidence that comes with being pinched a few times that you're just like I've I've fucking been through this. Sh- I've talked to five cops today, motherfucker. <laughs> you're gonna ask me some shit like I give a fuck. I'm 17 years old. Uh, she, uh, this is weird because they've already interviewed her once, and now he's interview. He's like talking to her again, and she has to go back through everything. It's like why the fuck are you having her go through it again?
1: Yeah. Um- that's asking a lot from
0: a rape victim. Yeah, it's a bit much. <laughs> yeah, I mean they do it in seven. Uh, the one lady had like <clears throat> they bring pictures of her dead husband to the hotel room. Yeah, and like asking her questions like a little soon, guys. I know you're trying to find this guy, but yeah, this
1: this begins the awkward trend of Cage doing nothing. Like Cage yeah. is just kind of a prop in the room that he's just there to give very minor facial reactions. He has very little input. <laughs> Um, I, I told you off-air that I feel like the entire basis for this film existing was it's just a demo reel for Vanessa Hudgens, her acting reel, because you had pointed out to me that like the year before she did Spring Breakers. Sucked. Yeah. Point being, this is a gal who the foundation of her career in acting was High School Musical yeah, and the Disney Channel and things like that. And 20, 2011, 2012, around there, I feel like she started taking like these racy, mm-hmm. like, you know heavy roles i yeah. guess as kind of like a breaking out of the, breaking the mold kind yeah. of situation where it's like i don't want to be typecast as like the the bouncy fun high school musical girl i want to show that i can do other things um, zach efron
0: did ted bundy <laughs> he'll bring them all well much later but i already, mean yeah.
1: the parallel yeah parallel career path that's why i mentioned it, yeah it's like as soon as you get out of that it's like i'm gonna do bad like bad grandpa or whatever. <laughs> <It's>
0: like, <laughs> neighbors neighbors is very funny. That is great. Zac I Zac actually
1: would like to see that. It's very funny. That looked fun, and that looked like it had some themes that actually are important, where it's like the idea of a person who failed to launch, kind of. Mm-hmm. It's like
0: it's a big failure to launch, yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I actually really like that theme where it's like, why are you still here? To quote Bane, why are you here? Why are you here? <laughs> it's, it's like, huh. Maybe because you couldn't make it outside of here. <laughs> it's like, so you, you live next door to a college because you can't oh, quite get out.
0: He's in a frat, and he's a senior, and he does not have a good GPA. And he's really taken no, to... Yeah. being
1: institutionalized is, is something that's really common. Mm. Like, I, you know, it happens to all sorts of folks. It's mm. like you find your niche, and it's very hard to get out of it. Yeah, um, But yeah, th- that movie's actually something I would like to see. It's good stuff. Um, but yeah, th- I feel like a lot of this movie is just scenes of the camera shoved up in Vanessa Hudgens' face and her telling sad stories. we are going to th- shove
0: it other places in a minute. <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, the scene is her basically being not interrogated, just like Question, barely but- questioned. Like I said, she starts out the interview by questioning him. Immediately starts asking him about his dead sister, who she hasn't confirmed is dead, but she assumes she's dead. She is dead.
0: <laughs> so the actual girl was seventeen when this happened, and in this movie, she's like, "I'm 17. Wait, I just turned eighteen. Yeah, yeah.
1: That that may have been like a production thing where it's like,
0: we need people.
1: It, to... it feels a little weird to to know that this person's seventeen. It's like, can we like bump her up a year?
0: Yeah, because
1: yeah. it gets bad. Yeah, she, she says she was 17 at the time of the rape Now she's 18 yeah. uh, And she kind of walks us through it a little bit She Says that the um, guy offered her $200 for a blowjob Of course she accepted That's a decent amount of money um, And then uh, this is where the camera just goes yeah. Right up into her face uh, He took her to his den Which she says was more like a dungeon um, And then we cut back To Cusack and he's like Putting on a romantic record
0: yeah, I forget what this song is, but it's also like, hey, we're in the 80s, because uh, she's smoking inside, and this song is...
1: It's, and, it's an oldie of yeah. some sort. Um, I don't recognize it, but it's, it's a nice song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, yeah. Um, but, yeah, this is where we see all the taxidermy heads on the wall and stuff. She and, mentions that, yeah. Yeah. And then Cusack gets mad because he hears a sound, and he walks... Deeper into the room, and then, oh hey, there's a girl change on the floor, and she has made a mess on the floor.
0: Yes, yeah, she's peed, and he, she keeps saying like, "Don't step there." Don't, and, he, and he does. He pet. He just pats his his foot there. Um, you know his temperament. Like I've seen other serial killer movies, his temperament's not too bad. Like he's not a good guy, but like he's not like yelling at them. I guess that's <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> as far as serial killers go. As far as far, I mean, he's pretty polite. Well, uh, he
1: he has that. Sociopathic quality to him, where it's like he's not looking at you as a person yeah. quite. Because um, yeah, he, he goes over there and he kind of antagonizes her because she repeatedly says, "Don't step there," and he just kind of dips his foot in there, and then he asks her to clean it up, and he just like throws a towel at her, um, and she throws a little bit of a fit here because she's chained up to a, a pillar in the middle of the room, and she because it's choking her, she can't clean all all the pee on the floor. And he's he's just completely just like aloof and like ambivalent about it.
0: I'm gonna mention so he does have a lot of animal heads uh, in this room, and I wanna I just wanna point out um, he I think has just as many if not more than uh, Vincent from Ace Ventura Two has in his office, which is way bigger than this room. Like he has got it's literally head. Uh, an inch next to it, another head. An inch next to it, another head. Like there's a lot of heads.
1: Well, in here. am I wrong? I, I may have misheard this, but I feel like in the dialogue, Dean Norris mentions stolen animal heads.
0: So yes, he does mention there's a lot of stolen pro, just a lot of stolen stuff in general. Um, I don't know about the the animal heads though. That's interesting. That would that would be. I'm curious now because if he has a bunch of these heads, but he's actually hunting people. Maybe they, maybe they, like, he buys them or steals them to represent to women. To justify
1: that the... Yeah, actually, yeah. That's like a representat- a visual representation of a kill.
0: Which would be interesting because they couldn't link that back to the actual murders, and it's a way to have a souvenir. Interesting. It's a trophy. Interesting. Yeah.
1: Hmm. Oh. I, I, I seem to recall at least one or two instances of stolen animal heads or something. But he
0: has... But, he, but the other thing is that he actually takes trophies from the girls. Yeah. So
1: I I don't know what the significance was. It's just something I thought I heard. Gotcha. Um, But yeah, Cusack gets a little too close to this girl, and uh, he says to her like, "You think you're ready for some more fun? Oh, god! You're the best one I ever had. That's that's the creepiest thing. Yeah, it's like, thanks for sharing, buddy. Um, and then uh, this is where like I don't know how I feel about his performance. I feel like he was. I, th- I told you this off air. I feel like he was mostly cast because of his like public persona. Like, mm-hmm. He's mostly thought of as a likable guy. John Cusack has an affable quality about him. He just seems like an all right guy. He usually plays decent, if not neurotic people in his movies. Yes. yes. Um, and so like the, the shock value of having, Oh, but he's a nice guy playing a monster like Robin Williams. And yeah, in, you know, one hour photo. It's like, that Robin, was good. He was, that's a very good performance in yes. a very good movie. But I feel like they're going for that same that same casting trick where it's like let's put a really likable guy in a role where he's an absolute monster um, this line right here though uh, that ends the scene kind of well kind of ends the scene
2: mm-hmm.
1: I, I thought was really effective um, he he just kind of like mutters to her like in her ear like I, I want to uh, uh, go do it on that bearskin like there's no like he's not yelling at her he's just like he's operating purely on like like on the id level, where it's like, "This is what I want. I have all the power in this situation, so I'm just gonna demand it."
0: He mentions that, and that's also something either they read or Vanessa Hudgens says that he did it on the bear skin. But, yeah, she mentions it. Yeah. So
1: I guess it's a ritual of some sort. But yeah. just the way he like kind of spits it out, like in a sheepish manner, it's like that. That that works. Yeah. It's creepy. It works. Um. But then some rando shows up at his house. Yeah. So- <laughs>
0: Jodie Foster shows up, uh, <laughs> uh, asking about a girl. Uh, no, so his neighbor, like some neighbor, a friend of his, is over there, and he's just banging on the door, and he's listening to Goodbye Horses at like full blast downstairs. Which I mean, it's the same idea. Like he's literally has somebody tied up in the basement, and he's blasting the music. Yeah. And uh, he doesn't hear him knocking, so he just like keeps knocking. I think he's expect like he's either expecting him, or he really needs to. He's really got to give him this plate of food, but he just walks in, and. Uh, John Cusack just kind of appears, like scares the shit out of him. <laughs> um, I like his energy when he's talking to the guy. Like, you, like we know that he has something yeah. wrong, but he's still, he's still playing it off really well with the guy. But he can also kind of tell, like everything good. Oh yeah, yeah, just you know, it's fine. Yeah,
1: he's keeping his distance. He's kind of like pointing himself towards him, and he has like this kind of derpy smile on his face, yeah. it's like, I don't know if you know what emotion you're trying to exhibit right now. It's a little confusing, but. I, i'm getting a weird vibe and I, sure enough he kind
0: of like ushers him out of the out of the house i feel like this is like serial killer edging a little bit like the, the thought of almost getting caught like that that makes uh,
1: it... yeah i i would not be
0: surprised if that's part of it like a serial killer it, exhibition a little bit like
1: yeah you know it's like jerking off and dad's you can hear <laughs> it's like, Oh no <laughs> <up."> <laughs> <It's just> like... <laughs> that's terrifying <laughs> So,
0: yeah, um, John Cusack's got the gun in his back pocket. Uh, yeah. he, he manages to calm her down, uh, which, if you're ever in the situation, scream. Scream. Yeah. Scream. Yeah,
1: he tells her, like, you make a sound and it's going to be very bad. Yeah. It's going to be very bad for you. But, yeah, uh, the whole thing passes without incident. He ushers the guy out of the house. And, he has, like you said, he has a big-ass fucking revolver in his back pocket. Yeah. Um, and then we go back to Hudgens and she tells the story of being raped, which is... Intense, uh, and then she mentions that uh, the guy's eyes went black, and there were animal heads everywhere, and which you know matches up with the story like that we just saw in Cusack's den. It's like, oh, he has black eyes, and there's animal heads everywhere. It's probably him. Yeah. Um, and then this is where she mentions the thing about the semen that jumped out at me because I was like, how does that work? Um, she had a tape, uh, tampon in her when she was raped, and she was. Yeah. She had that in mind when it was happening. It's like, are we doing that DNA in '83? Yeah. Are we doing? That? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Actually, like I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it was in some way, but it's just like I was, the time period kind of threw me off a little bit. If
0: I if I'm remembering correctly, the ladies from Crime Junkie, uh, they do a really good job with their um, true crime podcast. But I think it was coming up in '83, like you said and it wasn't widespread or we didn't really know too much about it until the OJ trial but I think it was happening some places in the US since 1983 okay. but not all um, so it is possible that she knew about that but I'm not entirely sure and I, also I and also, if you think about it, it might be because she's hanging out with prostitutes she's hanging out with these other girls and they might be telling her things like hey if a guy messes with you or something like that this yeah. is a way to yeah yeah I could street smarts that. yeah um, uh, yeah this is where she I think they have a the talk at the roller the roller rink roller, uh, roller
1: skating first first she uh, bumps into a hook oh right? that's what I'm thinking of yeah, yes she,
0: she makes a friend dude this lady <laughs> she makes a friend uh, she's walking by so Vanessa Hudgens I mean she's got like, snot hanging out of her nose she's not looking looking great yeah right they now.
1: release her from the pre- precinct and she heads out back to the host row
0: yeah she, she's walking around this lady hey, hey girl hey uh, you're not supposed to be around here. Like, this one fucking scumbag is like trying to... Oh, my money's not good for you or what? And uh, she's like, why don't you come with me, babe? Like, you gotta get... You can't be around this place. This is bad for you. Why don't you come with me? People are gonna try to take advantage of you. Why don't you come with me? And she takes her to a bar to get drunk.
1: Yeah, she she goes and buys her a, a heavy drink. A and couple she, of them. Yeah, she advises her to dance instead of turn tricks. Um, it's like, okay. And there's a, I guess, I
0: mean... I'm it's probably safer. I agree. I have to agree with that. I'm like, I think that's probably that safer. You,
1: you, you know, you don't have to do as much, especially honestly. Especially
0: in this area. I'm like, if you're going to... like, Listen, if you don't want to work at a coffee shop <laughs> or a diner, uh, these are the two options you've got. And the lesser of those two is the prostitution. It's, Why don't you want to be a stripper? Like, yeah, that's yeah, what she's telling her. Yeah, you,
1: you go be a stripper. Pat pat on the head. Um, There was a fun oh. little exchange here where, like, Vanessa Hudgens, like, mess- she mentions her... Uh, her heritage that's like Irish French or something—and no. then the friend she just made says, "Really? I'm Brooklyn trailer." Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, oh, "Okay." We could tell from your accent. Yeah, she's yeah, she's chewing on her cheeks, yeah. big time. Uh, but yeah, we go back to the police station. We got a oh. search going out for 150 to 200 mile radius. Uh, Kevin Dunn gets a note during the meeting that oh, we found another body, a mile from the previous one. It's like oh shit. Then we go to the morgue, and uh, this is where we do a little investigation of the body that they found, that oh, yeah. uh, Dean Norris had found.
0: My favorite line from the movie is here.
1: Oh, yeah? Um, so they, is it like the coroner or somebody, or yeah. an inspector? It's he's the coroner. Yeah, he's uh, he's looking at the gal, and he's looking at the body, and uh, he indicates that she was shot and stabbed in the ribs. Uh, and then he also throws out there that's like, you know, I might be able to identify her with dental records. <laughs> And uh, Cage points out, he's like, "What's going on with the the neck there?" That's my favorite one And uh, what what does the coroner say to him?
0: The coroner goes, "Ever tried to saw a bone with a flat blade?" I'm <laughs> like, "Oh, damn." <laughs> Uh, don't answer that.
1: (laughs) uh, No, I I don't believe I've ever tried to cut a
0: bone with a cake knife. Jesus, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Like, have you ever tried to saw... I'm like, I've never tried to saw a bone. (laughs) What the fuck are you talking about? What kind of hobbies do you have? I mean, (laughs) I've cut up a chicken before, but that's with a fillet knife. I'm like, you can just break, you can just snap those bones. I'm like, if you're sawing a bone, what are you sawing for? There's processing plants for animals that, like... For deer, you can take it to a place. There's a dude that'll do that. Oh yeah, I yeah. we'll need to do that as a cop. I just love that line. You ever try to saw a bone with a a fucking flat blade? Like, no,
1: I I don't believe I have. No, he's <laughs> um, like yeah. But yeah, he, he indicates that uh, it appears that someone tried to remove the head.
0: And the the body's been outside for he said at most four months, but at least two months. Yeah. Um, and this is this is where we have a trailer line, which is eh. which is really great. Um, again mirroring seven uh have you ever seen anyone do anything like this before and the way it, sh- the way it's like shot to, i'm like that was one i haven't even seen the trailer it had to have been in the trailer
1: yeah i was debating with you before we started recording if this movie even got an american theatrical release
0: it premiered in italy <laughs> we know that uh i might i think i mentioned at the top that it bombed at the box office oh yeah, yeah. i believe it did they had a domestic? They had a domestic okay. gross okay. on there, uh, not very good.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, we cut back to Hudgens, uh, oh, Cindy, God. and she's doing some meth. This so Cindy fucking found weird. herself some meth.
0: I, like I, I think they're trying to show, like, listen, it doesn't matter if she's a prostitute or if she's a stripper. Trouble is just gonna find her no matter well, what. The it was
1: very irritating watching this movie. the, the there's a pattern of the way the scenes unfold in this movie that's really obnoxious or it's just like I wanted the investigation mm-hmm. like I wanted the police procedural. Yeah. We, but this like 70% of this movie is just Cindy. And like I said she her performance is actually quite good. It's just not what I really wanted to see. <laughs> it's yeah. like you know it's if I want a really depressing fucking story about a two young girl having really bad things constantly happen to her. I would have watched something that doesn't have nick cage on the
0: cover <laughs> we there's like three things that pop up in my mind seven clearly keeps popping up yeah. um the other one, silence of the lambs where we are we know who the serial killer is and we're trying to get to we're trying to save this one girl's life but you can't really this is i mean those are fiction yeah this is something that actually happened to somebody so it's, if there's not a lot to dramatize there, you kind of have to fudge a little bit and yeah, create.
1: Everything makes sense by the time you get to the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, not in a satisfying way, but from a screenplay, like, structural standpoint, yeah, Yeah. no, it, it, it the math adds up perfectly fine. Yeah. But in terms of entertainment value or, like, viewer engagement, it's, like, not the best way to go about it. But there's a movie... Um, I barely remember, but for some reason it came to mind when I was watching this. It's called City by the Sea. I've heard of that. It's 2002. It's uh, James Franco yes. and Robert De Niro. Yes, I've heard This is James Franco in the smack in the middle of, like, this is Spider-Man. like Spider-Man 2, basically, yeah. just came out. So he was on the rise. He wasn't, like, a household name or anything, but this is when he famously started doing, like, his method acting and stuff. And he's, like, a meth head in the movie. And I've heard it's pretty good no is it not it's not <laughs> i thought it was boring as fuck and even my parents in the room they're just like well that was a movie okay. <laughs> no but it, it's it's just like um we we threw out the term misery porn yeah where it's just a dingy movie that it's like oh this just makes you feel kind of gray gotcha It's like did i get anything out of that it's like no
0: rec <laughs> for a dream isn't that but it sounds like that was probably an influence well
1: over. Requiem for a dream is also made by a very talented filmmaker who makes visually engaging movies so even even if the subject matter is you know too much to bear oh. at the very least it's an experience it's an exp- oh it's a fucking experience and for, to that point I would very much like to see that movie at mm. some point but like City by the Sea is just nothing it's gotcha. just like James Franco's a shit heel that does a lot of drugs Bob- Robert de Niro's his dad he wants his son to shape up.
0: I think the other problem this has is like how they're portraying the serial killer and that's why like Seven we don't know who it is but the the crimes are so horrific we're like we really have to just get this guy whoever he is. And then Silence of the Lambs the we know who we're looking like who they're looking for. But I was bringing to mind Mindhunter which is produced by uh, David, David Fincher. Fincher. Um the uh, so spoiler alert for anybody that's watching Mind hasn't seen Mindhunter. Um, but it's when they're they prof- They're basically profiling serial killers and, like, determining M.O.s, like, back in the 70s, and they work for the FBI. I don't know how much of it... I mean, this did definitely happen. I mean, it was developed. I don't know how accurate everything is in the story. They end up talking to a bunch of serial killers, and um, they're... The B- I believe it's the BTK killer. He bookends every episode. He's, like, they show him doing something in the beginning... Something at the end, something the end, like through the first two seasons. Okay, and it's really, it's really cool how they do it because they're introducing him, like how he's getting into places, just just little bitty things. They don't show him killing anybody yet, mm-hmm. um, but I really like how they how they're doing that. This, it's like you're right. John Cusack is fine. He's not great, and then there's not really any weight to his scenes, like killing somebody like it's this it's well, just not very
1: the way i phrased it before we started recording was i feel like he's in it too much or not enough exactly somewhere in between because imagine the weight of having take him off the poster mm-hmm. like take john cusack off the poster and imagine you are an hour into an hour and 25 minute movie um and then somebody goes to john cusack's house like to investigate him yeah. or something and then he answers the door and you are the viewer are like John Q. Well, then
0: immediately you know that he's the killer.
1: True. But the way they did in this movie, in the first 15 minutes, he just
0: blows through a bakery and yeah. you're like, oh, I guess that's, that's the, the killer. Serial. Well, like Buffalo Bill, like they actually they develop his character off screen with Hannibal Lecter and FBI profiling, mm-hmm. and they also develop him with his interactions with his victim.
1: Well, the, at the end of the day, serial killer stories, detective stories are always about the hunt. It's yeah. about the pursuing. It's about... It's about following the breadcrumbs and that's the brilliance of movies like Zodiac where it's like it it grabs you in such a way that you are trying to follow along with mm. the same path that these characters are on and that one's infuriating in the same way because it's like you need to know but you can't figure it out whereas this one there's no real mystery to it. No, You kind is- of know it right from the
0: beginning and there's no real police work done. It's more just like This is Nick Cage... It's legal red tape. This this is Nick (laughs) Cage chasing after a minor, or he's chasing after Vanessa Hudgens to testify, and he keeps losing her.
1: Oh, there's, like... 40 minutes of this movie. It's It's just just that. It's just middle-aged men saying, do you know this girl? Yeah. (laughs) Have you seen this girl? It is quite a bit. It's like, they need Robert Patrick to roll up and start stabbing people. Uh, (laughs) Have you seen this boy?
0: (laughs) I've never smoked crystal meth, but when Vanessa Hudgens is smoking it, like... She's doing a good job of selling them. Like This is what I assume it's like for the first time. Like, oh, she, she is, is euphoric. Very euphoric. Yeah,
1: She uh, she takes her clothes off with very little...
0: <laughs> oh, no, she doesn't take her clothes off. Oh, yeah, the little, grown yeah. woman is undressing her. But she
1: doesn't have a problem
0: with it. And she's just like, here, baby, have a few shots of fucking vodka, uh, smoke some fucking meth, and once you go out there on the pole, you'll do fine. This is my problem with the fucking movie. Okay, so... She gives her crystal meth. She throws her out there onto the dance floor to do some stripping, and I mean, we we know Michael Bay's a scumbag when it comes to filming Megan Fox, but what the fuck does this have to do with with her? Like, why do we like we get the idea? We just need to see her go out there and like she gets on the pole. We know she's fucking dancing. We're literally like watching her on the pole. We're getting shots of her ass, like just her like just body shots in general. I'm like what the fuck does this serve? What purpose does this serve? And then she sees Fifty Cent.
1: Yeah, I feel like it's in there, like somewhat justifiably so, because she's on drugs and she's supposed to be kind of just loopy and not really aware of her actions. Mm-hmm. And so it's it, it gives the sequence like a voyeuristic quality, but at the same time, it's like her mental state kind of matches that. Mm-hmm. She's being she's had she has all these eyeballs on her and she's completely just like unaware of any of it. She's she has no inhibitions, um, but
0: then show—I don't know—and I,
1: also, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, maybe she wanted to do it or something. But I mean, again, yeah. like, we're at a turning point in her career where it's like, I want to do. Heavy well, she's sh- in she's in a bi- uh, bikini like all
0: of Spring Breakers, like almost the entire film. Um, that
1: only came out the year before, and then I think I yeah. mentioned to you she was doing like, like a borderline like Oscar bait movie, like Give Me Shelter, I think. Where yeah, she, I think she also plays a drug addict in that.
0: I'm just—it's it's the angles that they're actually using to shoot her i feel were just a little gratuitous like a little little too much
1: gratuitous but at the same time it's like she is stripping yeah <laughs> like i mean she doesn't go nude or anything
0: do you remember but... the, the ass shot in avp2 when oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> it felt like that. it felt like that for me it was ah, just like the swimming pool shot she's bending down and the camera follows her ass like that felt like that during this they, i'm like they built
1: a mechanical rig just for that shot.
0: I mean, because she's dancing, and then he like moves the camera down to look at her. It's, butt. That
1: whole sequence is like handheld. And, yeah, and yeah, I get where you're coming from, but in this in this story, where like I said, about seventy percent of this movie is just her. Yeah, um, it's it's one of those things where it's like, if you're going to make this story about this Ooh. character, it's probably in your best interest to actually stick with her. Yeah, it's like it's kind of like the the wrestler where Mickey Rourke. It's like the yeah. camera's glued to the back of his head through thick and thin. Like it's such a good movie. It's such a good movie. Uh, Way yeah. better than this. Movie. But yeah, she sees Fifty Cent yeah. in his oh. shitty fucking hair. Oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> so what we got to mention. So if there's, I uh, you can clip out a good eight minutes of this movie. Not eight. About five minutes of this movie. The runtime just by removing the Fifty Cent element. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's a producer of this film. Um, which I'm pretty sure he was like, I'm going to be in the movie. I'm going to play scumbag pimp, um, or just a pimp in general. All <laughs> He's <laughs> like, check that. There's just a pimp. There's no... Gonna there's going to be a good pimp. Uh, there's no such thing as a good pimp. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, he's, uh, he's like, girl, you gotta come back and be my prostitute again. She's like, go fuck yourself. I do this now. I'm with, I'm with Brooklyn now. Yeah, I'm with, um, the, she's a great role model for me. Yeah. You, she got, she got
1: the good drugs and yeah, now I'm stripping, not turning tricks no more.
0: Yeah. I've heard meth is very, very <laughs> difficult to walk away from, so, <laughs> especially as somebody who's vulnerable, who's, uh, apparently been sexually assaulted as a child, uh, has a, has a child as a teenager, And uh, she's already been through some trauma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the last thing she needs is meth.
1: Yeah, Um, but we we cut from that and that really that sequence does nothing other than to introduce 50 Cent and his shitty hair. Yeah. Um, But Cusack drives to the airport and he's got the gal that he had chained up. With him,
0: scream, run. He's not going to shoot you at an airport. Yeah, fucking for real.
1: Like you know, they usually give you clearance before you take off and stuff. Mm-hmm. Usually, you talk to somebody. Yeah, <laughs> like,
0: well, it's the '80s, and it's a white dude, so who knows? It's like, <laughs> oh my god.
1: <laughs> but yeah, the forces are onto his. uh It's like a Cessna. It's okay. like a tiny two plane. people. It's a yeah, two-person plane. it's person a very plane. tiny plane. There's a pretty cool shot in this very cramped cockpit mm-hmm. of, of when they're taking off, and she's like terrified. Of course, it's a good shot. It's but, a good shot. Um. And then we cut back to Cage. He's having a chat with his buddy, uh, the guy from Daredevil. they? Uh, like, no, it's Dean Norris. And they, they're working to jump his car. Yeah. And they're like just going back and forth, talking shop about everything. And uh, this is where Cage throws it out there that um, my primary suspect, Cusack, w- actually was held in our custody more than once. Mm. And so you can tell that he's supposed to be frustrated. Supposed to be, because Cage is not really trying as hard as i would have liked (laughs) yeah um but yeah then we uh, cut back to cusack and he's in the woods and he marches the gal out to a tree and he shackles her to it he like handcuffs her to it um and we all know what's coming at this point um there's some exchanges of dialogue here where he's again he's like he has a very soft touch when it comes to like things that he verbalizes Mm -hmm. like he, he calls her like a good girl and like he thanks her actually for like being like going along with everything he asked her to do god knows what he asked her to do um and then he releases her asked yeah asked
0: (laughs) with a gun yeah
1: um yeah he releases her and the music ramps up and kyle did you notice the music i feel like this is something i ask every episode
0: no i didn't notice music in this instance okay Uh, well
1: the music in this movie i didn't bother to check the composer that's actually kind of surprising usually i do that um it's very dark knight-esque <laughs> it's very Dark Knight. It's exciting. He's it's hunting. It's like that kind of rhythm to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the music ramps the fuck up, and I'm mm-hmm. like, is Batman coming? <laughs> it's like Batman versus Cusack. And it's like, oh, the girl. <laughs> yeah, right? That'd be awesome. <laughs> I mean, the color palette in this movie matches the yeah. Dark Knight. It's very blue. It's very blue. It's very gray, very blue. Um, long story short, he shoots her with a hunting rifle after she runs for a bit. And then he takes her necklace. Yeah. Um, so that's him taking his trophy for killing a gal. And then we're at the roller rink.
0: Yeah, this is you can cut this fucking thing out. Uh, this is This is this is the misery porn. I'm just, it's just
1: Vanessa Hudgens telling sad stories. I'm gonna
0: breeze through this real quick Thank because you. uh okay, so Vanessa Hudgens was uh, assaulted by a dude. She has a child, Nick Cage has a dead sister. Uh, <laughs> he she he wants her to be vulnerable, but then he's not being vulnerable to her. So he tells her that his sister died, and then she walks out of the ring. That's it. Like we just have an exchange of trauma. Uh, yeah, that's it. That,
1: that's it. It's like you. This is not a style of movie that I, I go for. No. Like I, I don't watch movies to just like steep myself in in bad feelings.
0: And we're also I like i like we mentioned before like I've grown out of like serial killer stuff like it just as I get older I'm like it's just it's just dark and I don't I don't really want to it it feels ex- uh, like we're exploiting it a little bit I I don't well, really
1: there's people have a thirst for it now like like there's
0: demand for it so you're gonna see a lot more
1: of it but at the end of the day it's like I don't need to seek out things like that because that shit's everywhere like, yeah. I I shouldn't be actively seeking that out when there's so many. Other better, more engaging things for me to direct my attention towards.
0: It's it's a crutch because it's inherently compelling. Yeah. As far as like doing a film on like oh yeah obviously this is gonna be interesting because it's so abnormal like it's just it's so out out there. So like if you're gonna do if you're gonna portray a serial killer, do it in documentary form. That's that's the way to learn about the stuff like the Ted Bundy Netflix. Oh my gosh, this is fucking intense.
1: Well, I would push back on that too though. Because at the end of the day, it's like you're learning about something that is inherently abnormal and very specific. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what did you actually learn? You, l- you learned the details of a fucked up mind. Yeah. A single fucked up mind. Yeah. That in most instances either no longer exists or is incarcerated. Yeah, but we're not adding... So you didn't actually learn anything. You just learned the details of a bad thing that happened. You, you didn't the... actually learn how to prevent that from happening.
0: Yeah, but you're, in this case, you're not making a movie that's supposed to make money like we're sure. not making money i mean all well, documentaries are they, they do. i mean every every
1: film that's made is usually made used to, with to yeah with the intention of at least making its budget
0: back but i don't think people are cutting the footage of ted bundy together they're like oh this is gonna fucking break the box office like no these just, days yes it's just gonna be nobody's gonna go for it's you an put zach efron in that movie that's so bad that i've it's heard awful. That, yeah. it's absolutely terrible. Um, <laughs> But no, like Zodiac, Zodiac's a good a good example because it was a serial killer who was never caught. Mm-hmm. And they're actually telling the story about them like he was new. Like this was something different at the time. Like he's putting, like he's giving the newspaper like uh, notes and shit like that. And we never caught him. And it's like somebody trying to figure out who he was. That that was good. Well, that's that was shedding
1: light on a yeah. thing that, you know, actually hasn't been solved.
0: Yeah. This is like we caught the dude. And then we're, we're telling this lady's story. I'm like... Okay, I guess. I mean
1: that that last little thing you mentioned there is actually, I think, hugely, like, largely why the movie got made. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Cage does some late night research following the the roller
0: skating rink. Starting sequ- to wail on a little bit. He's got a glass of whiskey.
1: Yeah, and the, this is where I noticed that one of the uh, one of the victims' photos is a doll. Um, and at first, it, it like I was very puzzled by it, but then it appears at the end credits of the movie as well. And I guess it's because the body was unident- unidentifiable so they like did a like they crafted an example of what the person may have looked like mm-hmm. but when you just see it on the wall you're like is that a mannequin? <laughs> nice. is that Kim Cattrall? Um, <laughs> but yeah Vanessa Hudgens she does some blow and she gets ready to dance oh she
0: is doing blow like Johnny Depp in blow trying to go to the uh, the hospital just <laughs> 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 oh yeah she's in a hurry Christ Christ <laughs> Christ <laughs> <laughs> she's fucking hitting it Oof.
1: Yeah. But, yeah, she goes out, she's ready to dance, she's back in the club, and then, oh, hey, John Cusack is just in the club.
0: Yeah. Just uh, by coincidence. She is fucked up, and she's just, like, rolling over to her. What the yeah. fuck is she wearing, by the way? I don't know. She's wearing, Oh, it's, uh, it's like, overalls. It was working for me. Uh, she's wearing, like, some... <laughs> Not in a strip club! <laughs> it's, it, it was, it, it was... It's, like, cute, I guess, but Yeah, I'm, you know, it's, like... I'm... Well, it's going to come off later. Don't worry about
1: that. I don't want to think about Pippi Longstocking when I'm at a strip
0: club. Uh, again, Vanessa Hutch is doing a good job in this movie. Uh, John Cusack's just like, you know, chilling in the strip club and he's like, is that fucking cindy and she's like is that fucking john cusack and
1: she starts screaming oh she
0: starts screaming she's doing a good job in this scene she's and a good screamer she's a good screamer it's uncomfortable yeah. yeah she's very good at it. but i mean she also matches the tears with the slobber like she just doesn't it. it's the it's the snot if you can get the snot going remember fassbender <laughs> he's go, just looks disgusting and never cry off
1: uh, I think he'd win oh, yeah. It's uh, like, you think you can match me little girl I think he got a, I
0: think he got a hernia I
1: can cry in three languages
0: I, th- <laughs> I think he got a hernia From that, that scene in, in The Counselor uh, Yeah they see each other And her fucking drug mom Is like you fucking bitch You gotta not be doing this shit You gotta get it together And John Cusack is going out And he goes home and he is like He is putting a plan together Because he's like yeah, how did she he, he
1: uh he does the thing where you sit up you sit down and you stand up like every two seconds yeah it's like i don't i don't i'm not comfortable i don't know what to do right now <laughs> but he's pacing around he starts breaking shit and, and at one point he like pulls out a bunch of business cards and like makes a phone call asking for a, a cindy yeah because he's trying to like remember what service she belonged to or something yeah it's not the right number yeah um but yeah he is uh, a little freaked out yeah just I'm... a little bit yeah <laughs> uh... and then uh this is where we meet um Gentleman from Wayne's World, what Kurt, was his name?
0: Kurt Fuller. Yeah. Uh, yes, another character actor. Like, how many character actors can they get in here? A lot. Nick Cage walked in the room and told him he loved him. Uh, <laughs> like,
1: uh, hey, I I love you, man. <laughs>
0: Kurt Fuller playing the district attorney, which always is the um, not district attorney, um, prosecutor, district prosecutor. Oh yeah. Uh, who's always a scumbag? Always, in movies. but always. he's actually a good, like a pretty decent guy. In it's this. like the mayor. Yeah, the mayor is always the bad guy. Yeah, the mayor's always al- the bad guy. Always the bad guy. But yeah, the
1: prosecutor is always also a shit heel But yeah, Kurt, Kurt Fuller, he's he's an alright guy. Yeah. It's just like like I said, the main failing of this movie in terms of like viewer engagement is that. There's very little detective work in it. Yeah, We know from minute one, Cage knows from minute one who we should be looking at. Yeah. And he's right. <laughs> and everybody knows that. The, like, the majority of the script, though, is centered on maneuvering through legal red tape. Yeah. Which is not exciting. No. I mean, there are ways to make it exciting. Like I said, there's a Japanese director that did a movie called A Taxing Woman. Mm-hmm. It's about tax auditing.
0: But it's compelling. It's very compelling. Yeah. It's very
1: well put together. Um, but this this is not compelling. <laughs> no,
0: this is Kurt Fuller Fuller's like, listen, I need more stuff. And they're like, well, oh, yeah, we right. got enough stuff. And Kurt Fuller's like, I need more stuff. And I'm like, all right, fucking leave.
1: Yeah, and this this is the pattern through the end of the movie. It's yeah. like, give me physical evidence, then you can have your warrant. <laughs> what was and, then we all know who the we all know it was him, so what? it won't, it shouldn't be too hard.
0: What was that Jessica Chastain movie from like two thousand twelve uh about getting Osama bin Laden?
1: Oh Zero Dark Thirty?
0: No, it's a different one. It might have been that. It's, it's literally about legal red. It's just about no, the red. Ra- Zero
1: Dark Thirty. Scott Atkins is in that.
0: <laughs> but I've heard that that's what it is. It's like, it's literally just about the red tape. Like, it just keeps, I never saw it. I never but, watched um, it either.
1: That's a Catherine Bigelow movie, I believe. Oh. That's James Cameron's Ex. What else has she done? Near Dark, um, Point Break. Ooh. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, she does very hard movies. She's a tough lady. I know you've
0: seen that, but I uh, feel like I should...
1: James Cameron has a type, and it's her.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, Let's see here. So, now he's like, I gotta keep Vanessa Hutchins, because she's a big part of this case. Because they don't have enough to go off. I was like, we're gonna need her to testify, so, so I have to keep her safe.
1: He's like, hey, Cage! She's bought a plane ticket!
0: <laughs> stop her! Stop her! Yeah, they they stop her. He manages, again, dude, drink every time they sit down together. like, And she tells us a sad story. Fuck, dude. Yep. They uh they sit down, sad story, you're gonna come stay with me. Nick Cage's wife not fucking having it. Um I understand she brings up a point like her his wife is frustrated, she's like, No no no, you need to take care of your family. Like you still haven't paid the movers, and you could tell like she's very frustrated with that and it's coming into this. I think that she's wrong in this in this case. I'm like Nick Cage should absolutely be taking care of this girl. Yeah, like, no, this, she's in danger. She's in danger, and she's like, oh, "Fuck, fuck her, get get her out of here." I'm like, "What are you
1: doing?" So how about how about you pile up into the car and go to Simon Hill? I need, see if that works
0: out for you. <laughs> I need you. I just need you go to go have be, a weekend with Sean Bond, Sean Bean, Cinnabon. Cinnabon. I need you to. <laughs> 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 he does not
1: cage out in this movie not at all not once uh god damn
0: i understand that she's frustrated but jeez lady like this is bad vanessa hudgens of course because she comes from a broken home uh, allegedly yeah. in the film she just runs out like she just runs out of the house and gets a cab immediately like, yeah that, immediately um, you can't even get a cab in seattle Dude, this the quick. ice on that
1: road i was like you that cab should not be going that fast. Don't don't don't, don't do the brake. Don't. He, yeah. Like I was like, you're gonna hit the girl. <laughs> you're gonna hit the ground. <laughs> uh, but no, she piles into a cab. In between all that, uh, we get a scene of Cusack at home with his family.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: it's awkward. It's awkward. Um, I did like that he gets a phone call and he just says, "You bet," <laughs> and then he, then he just leaves. Yeah. Uh,
0: he just. Have to, I'm done.
1: Yep. And we can tell that like he and his wife live in two. Completely separate worlds. Yeah, he has like two kids.
0: It's not like Jake Gyllenhaal and uh, uh, Chloe Sevigny in Zodiac. I like, I like their dynamic in that. Like, they're just both very awkward people. But as they go, she just starts getting so fucking mad at him. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, so, so great. Bad. I love it. Uh,
1: well, but yeah, Cindy. She goes to a hotel or motel. Sorry, she goes. Yeah, she goes back to the motel to work for fifty cents.
0: Yeah, fifty cents. Like as soon as she walks in, he's like, "Get your ass back to work." Uh-huh. This poor girl. She is turning tricks out on, like... There's like a... Yeah, this was
1: really sad. Is she's so out in the snow. This sad. She's standing out in the snow, and she can't get a John. Like no. She can't get it's one. It's so
0: sad. And then there's a fucking moose. They
1: need to play the Incredible Hulk music. The, I don't know. The... Dun, 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 dun. It's, it's the sad walking away music where I've, he's trying to hit a ride. I've seen like 30 seconds it's of the Incredible Hulk. It's sad piano music. It's, oh, okay. it's, it's awesome.
0: But yeah, she finds a moose. She finds a moose in the alley, which is... Something. Whimsical, yeah. <laughs> it's whimsical. It's I like, don't know why it's there. It's like an art. It's like an art house thing that is like no place in this. It's just like what the fuck? What is yeah. She, is she identifying with this moose? Like what the fuck does this have to do with anything?
1: Yeah, no. I would have said it was a trailer shot, except for the moose does nothing. She doesn't get anywhere near the moose. She just kind of looks at it and smiles and leaves.
0: Uh, maybe just the. I guess the. Her situation, like, the reality of her situation is she is in probably one of the worst-case scenarios I can think of as a human being. She is turning tricks in sub-zero temperatures. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is bad. This is really bad. She's a... I'm assuming a high school dropout. No college. Like, no job skills. And she's just got nowhere else to go. And she's just...
1: It sounds... It sounded like during one of her uh, her sad stories that she shared with Cage that she actually does have a family, she just left. She min- she had an uncle who molested her. It was a friend's uncle that molested a friend's her. Friend's uncle, um, and then, like her mom kind of denied her existence because she was like 15 when she had her. So she's had it rough from day one.
0: She has a, she does have a line when she's talking to, to Nick Cage. She's like, I'd like to be like a fucking vet or something. She's like, I like animals. like Maybe that had something to do maybe, with it. Maybe or, she...
1: or maybe there literally was just a moose while they were filming. They were like, film it.
0: Keep it. Keep it. <laughs> like, It'll add to the film. Will it? Will it, Scott Walker?
1: I mean, if a moose rolled up on me, I'd want to keep my eyes on it. Just because
0: mo- mooses, Mees Meese, moose. They...
1: they they can fuck some shit up yeah
0: dude they're fucking huge yeah uh so yeah then she she's uh she starts panicking and just starts doing drugs in a bathroom and she ods yeah this makes no sense
1: yeah she ducks into a toilet she does some drugs cage is uh banging on doors asking like have you seen this girl and uh he he finds brooklyn uh he threatens to shut down her establishment it's it's the one instance where he like raises his voice in yeah. anger, and it, it just he doesn't get to that peak. Like it, it's really disappointing. But um, when when uh, Cindy is in the strip club in the toilet, and Cusack is there, by the way, or at least we think he is. Yeah. Um, the music that was playing here, I was like, is Yeah, that Maiden. Like, is that Iron Maiden? I mean, <laughs> so it's, there, it's not, but pretty fucking cool actually. <laughs> I
0: think it's like a Troy Duffy thing in Boondock Saints too, where. His band did all the music. I think that there's a band doing the music for I this. I think you're
1: right because the a lot of the strip club scenes have like a wannabe like butt black Sa- black Sabbath slash Iron Maiden sound to them. It's not
0: on that level. It's it's trying to be butt rock. A little bit, but we couldn't get the rights to any butt rock. Also, butt rock wasn't in full gear at this point. In the 80s. Early 80s? Yeah, not yet. Not quite not yet. yet. 85 is when we started getting Yeah, there. But
1: at point is, like, the music in this scene in particular I was like, yeah, that was kind of cool. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, yeah, some rando, we think it's John Cusack finding her, yeah. but just some rando finds her in the in the toilet stall and he drags her out to the dance floor and Cage finds her. Yeah, And I think Cusack witnesses it. Yeah. Um, and he obviously can't do anything about it. No. So Cage has recovered the girl. They go to the hospital. Uh, she's in bed. Uh, more sad stories. This is where she shares that her mom had her when she was really young. And the thing about the friend's uncle. Yeah. Uh, she pretended her dad was in the Navy because she didn't
0: know him. I'd skip through this, honestly. At this point, I'm like, I'm, yeah, I'm let's, done let's, watching Let's these. just
1: skip it because it, we, like, we've done this before. <laughs> that's
0: I just, I'm like, I know it. Ha- I just yeah. keep going.
1: Uh, but this is where... Uh, Big Danny McBride. Yes. Yeah, so th- uh, He holds up Fifty Cent, and you need to tell me why, because I didn't actually piece
0: the. So together. apparently, so this guy. So what happens is John Cusack talks to the guy first. He's oh, the like, bouncer. Yeah, okay. he's like, "Hey, I need this girl." He's like, "Man, you really want this girl?" He's like, "I'll do it for 10 And I'm like, "Hang on a sec. Ten thousand dollars for an evening with a prostitute like this isn't a thing." Ten thousand dollars in 1982, we'll say. Yeah. Uh, that's human trafficking. He's he is buying this girl. That is what's happening.
1: Also, how does a baker squirrel weigh ten thousand dollars?
0: Uh, I don't know. But <laughs> this is an investment. Uh, this is not good because we, as we mentioned at the beginning, there's sex trafficking happening. Yes. So the guy's like, you know, I'll do it for ten, and John Cusack's like, I'm good for it. Uh, and so this big dude just goes up to fifty cent, and he's like. He just like takes him outside, hits him in the head, and he's like, Hey, you owe me money like you said you were gonna get money for me. This hair. Um Yeah, this this mullet. So apparently there must have been a deal that went bad between them or just didn't work out. Yeah, and he still owes him money and he's like, I'm gonna pay I'm making payments. I'm like, whatever. And he's like, No, 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 no. You do this, I need that girl, and then we're even. Okay. Because I think what's owed is about ten thousand dollars. So I think he's like, I can turn this. I can I can okay. yeah
1: okay so at this point uh cusack is being tailed by cage and dean norris uh we get a cgi blizzard Uh, not a terribly convincing one but uh we need it for the scene though we do we do it's actually essential to the plot and uh cusack goes to the airport with his son yeah and uh they take off in the plane in the blizzard which is i would imagine very dangerous yeah um, and then this is where we get one of those helicopter shots that's like, I don't know why this is here. <laughs> it's just Cage standing on a bridge and the camera yeah. like, swoops over him and he just looks like he, he's not expressing anything. Trailer shot. Yeah, it's a trailer, shot. It's a it trailer has, shot. It has the right motion to it. It makes it feel like a big budget movie because yeah, it's a shot from a what's helicopter. He, what's he
0: contemplating? He's not a thinker. Like I mean, he's working for the most part. Like also, if
1: I was Dean Norris and you know my my partner pulls the car over on a bridge just to stand and look out at a frozen river, it's like this is Alaska. We have a lot of that. Yeah. Like, what you are go, you looking at?
0: You can go to the diner and see the fucking mountains and yeah, shit. It's like, you know where it's warm. Yeah. Fuck you. you get coffee. <laughs> Not good coffee, but it's coffee. <laughs> anyway, so, yeah. But yeah,
1: Cusack goes off in the woods. He, uh, he's, like, trying to hide his treasures, his uh, trophies, basically.
0: Yeah, so, uh, Kurt Fuller, uh, prosecutor, just like, I need more stuff. And Nick Cage is like, I got this, this, we got fucking... His profile, the FBI profile, which means he needs all these things. And literally they've just said John Cusack. Like yeah. it, it's literally just him. <laughs> and he's still kinda like, ah, fine, I'll give you your fucking warrant. So they just boom, they storm his house.
1: I did like that Kurt Fuller has a line about like we have to be sure because we're only gonna get one shot at this. Yeah. Like if, if you're if you're wrong, we can't ever come at him again. Yeah.
0: Um, they I did f- like that they find nothing all they find like there might be something here they're trying to also possibly get him on uh, insurance fraud or tax fraud or something like that
1: yeah so we we take Cusack into custody from the bakery and in the meantime uh, we He's have a, just a fleet of police cars yeah. going out to like his his cabin his house just like ter- turning everything upside down Yeah. so we're interrogating him while we're in, like digging through his home Yeah. looking for evidence and uh, this is where we get like what should have been like the you know, the big highlight of the movie. It kinda still is. Yeah. It's just not what you it's not as good as you want it to be. It's Cage interrogating Cusack. Yeah. Um, and he brings up an, the nineteen seventy one incident. This is where they had gotten Cusack before for doing some bad stuff to a gal. I think
0: Cusack does a pretty good job during the interrogation. Yeah.
1: Um he comes across as like kind of like a dopey, kind of dull fella. Yeah. Um, but very guarded and evasive. Yeah. So he comes across as maybe a little dumb, but it, at the same time, very cunning, I
0: guess. It ta- oh, it's the 80s. It takes him way too long to ask for a lawyer. He should have asked for a lawyer immediately. <laughs> immediately. Immediately. Um,. <laughs> There's a, my other favorite line is coming up here in a little bit. Um so yeah, they're interrogation, they search the house and Dean Norris like we can't find anything. Nick Cage is like, "Find something." He's like, "All right." <laughs> so they turn this place upside down. They can't find anything. Um he goes to talk to Vanessa H- Hudgens. He's like, "Listen. This is when like at one point John Cusack does ask for his lawyer and Cage is like, "Fuck." All right, fine. So he goes to Vanessa Hudgens in the hospital still, I think, or did she escape from the hospital at this yeah. point?
1: So a lot of a lot of details happen here. There's the the way this sequence is edited together. is it, It's a decent stretch of time. It's like seven to ten minutes. Mm-hmm. It's basically Cage goes to the interrogation room, steps out, makes a phone call, talks to Dean Norris, keeps coming back and forth. Yeah, and uh, this is where it comes to light that Cusack doesn't think very highly of prostitutes. Um, and <laughs> there's somewhat of a comical line here where he justifies. Uh, The kidnapping incident as like uh essentially a contract dispute where they couldn't agree on the price so yeah so he had to pull out his gun (laughs) it's like okay you didn't think that was a big deal um and also cusack remarks that like he goes to prostitutes for oral sex and they're like you have a wife he's he's like like, i don't want
0: to do that with her yeah
1: he's i don't want her to do that for him yeah oh okay okay Okay, then, buddy. Okay. Um, but, yeah, he also mentions that there was a real estate agent that he had a thing for.
0: That was a good dad. They're like, what about the real estate agent? She's not a prostitute. He's like, well, you know, hey. He <laughs> kind of shoulder shrugs. Like, hey, what am I going to do, huh?
1: Yeah, he basically like writes it off as like he felt an urge and had to take action. It's like
0: with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I can just imagine his lawyer like... <laughs> Like, just stuck in traffic. Like, boom! Like, just banging on the stool. <laughs> boom! I know he's fucking talking. Oh, my God! <laughs> ah, just losing it.
1: But uh. well, yeah, Cage throws out there, it's like, there seems to be a, a, a pattern of, of a lot of women being bound and, and threatened in, in your presence. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Cusack's, you know, he, obviously he takes umbrage with that. So, yeah, uh, there's a cool close-up where, like, you see his cheek's. His, his cheekbones like billowing. Yeah. Kind of. Like he's, you can tell he's like working some muscles in his skull. He's that pissed. Um, But yeah, uh, this is where he finally asked for his lawyer. And like I said, this is like 10 minutes into this yeah. conversation. <laughs>
0: uh, hours. This is hours into this. Yeah,
1: like 10 minutes into the movie, but hours of actual time. Hours of time. Um, But he, he asked for his lawyer and it's around that time that they formally arrest him. And there's also a bit of a problem here though, because we don't actually have any usable evidence. So this is a bluff one that pays off, but it's, it's a bluff. Um, and cage gives a speech to his boys. Let's uh, let's turn this house upside down. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Rock and roll. Um, basically he's just trying to rally the troops, get everyone to go back into the trenches, turn the house uh, upside down again. Um, and yeah, uh, at some point they do find rifles in the attic.
0: They find the rifles, but now we definitely need the Vanessa Hudgens uh, testimony. Uh, she fucking escapes from the hospital and <laughs> <laughs> does she go back to 50 cent? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she goes back to 50 cent, 50 cents like, "Come on, we're going to get the fuck out of here." Like we're going to we're going to skip town. Yeah. And I thought like, oh, okay, he's going to like actually do the right thing." So she's like, "Where are you taking me? Where are you taking me?" Where the fuck are you taking me? He's taking me to the middle of fucking nowhere.
1: Yeah, this oh reminded me of uh, Too Fast, Too Furious, where uh, Paul Walker is driving, and he has a bad guy in the passenger seat, like, with a gun held up at him. And Paul Walker has an ejector button, like an ejector seat button in his car, and he, like, shoots a, like, a people's eyebrow at this guy, and the guy says, What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and then he hits the button. That's funny. That's like, but he has a gun, and he just keeps asking you, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" <laughs> but yeah, that's they they drive out to the field, and who should show up but Jacked Danny McBride? Uh, yeah, they have a little scuffle here.
0: Yeah, they get a standoff. Uh, Fifty Cent gets the gun on him, and he's like, "Rob him!" And she just like, "This is her breaking point." She's like, "I'm I'm better than this. I am not doing this anymore." And she just fucking takes off, and then. Uh, Jack Daniel McBride shoots 50 Cent and uh, takes chase, basically. Yes. Uh, and th- yeah, this is where it's like they're they're chasing. Uh, somehow, Nick Cage finds her. Um. This
1: is where the Dark Knight music came back. Ah. <laughs> we're,
0: we're trying to make it exciting. Yeah. So <laughs> literally, <laughs> like most of this is just keeping her. In a room. Just just keep her in a room.
1: just yeah, just lock the door. Just
0: lock the door.
1: You know, give her food when she needs it. Yes. You know, give her some reading material. Just say just
0: stay here for like a week. Yeah. Just be fine. Just just keep her safe. Drink we, your milk. <laughs> drink your milk in a carton. <laughs> um so yeah, we uh the they managed to get her back and um
1: uh yeah, Dan McBride gives her up yeah. because he's cornered by two armed
0: men. They don't take chase to him either. They're just like, yeah, yeah, they man. just
1: kinda like let him go, but the point is they recover her and uh Kevin Dunn tells Cage that they probably won't end up charging John Cusack for murder because they just don't have the evidence. Um Fortunately Dean Norris shows up and he just happened to find a map. I'm like
0: kinda late with that map, aren't Fucking we? Dean for Norris. Real, man. Dude, he just like Nick Cage is like, Oh, I'm never gonna win this and Dean Norris is like Hey, uh <laughs> Hey, Nick, check out this map that we found. Like, this... And, like, immediately Nick Cage is like, oh, Dean Minowich is like, listen, you're smarter than this guy. Be smarter than this guy. <laughs> and Nick Cage, in, like, like two seconds, puts this fucking thing together. So he sees the bracelet. You can take the pen out of that. Uh, yep. The bracelet from the, the lady and the map. And this is his last-ditch effort. Like, this is all he's got left. But we've got the lawyer, John Cusack... Um, and then some dude with the that dude with the mustache that's just like he's just there like he says nothing in the movie.
1: That, I think that's the daredevil guy. Okay, but the the point with the bracelet is that Cage actually still has it from the the sister who gave it to him, mm-hmm. and he asks Dean Norris, did 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 you find this in the woods? And he's like, no,
0: no, didn't we didn't find, find anything. Like anything, anything yeah, and so Cage is like. Well, Fuck. Because there's, a, <laughs> there's an identical one. Yes. The, the so one. he he's
1: banking on Cusack having that in his possession, so yeah. he can match the two and like have a visual aid
0: for well, the court. The <laughs> the map is strong. So he goes in there. And he's like, uh, he's like, what's this map? What's all this stuff? He's like, there's just hunting stuff. He's like, really? Because all these locations are where we found bodies. Every single one. And he's like, but, just, it's nothing. He's like, dude, I'm going to spend all my fucking time going to each and every single one of these. Like, yeah. we're going to get you. And Cusack's like, uh, a little bit so nervous.
1: This is this Cage, this is kind of a neat moment, actually. Mm-hmm. I, I will this give, is good. I'll give the movie this. So yeah. what Cage does is he comes into the room with bluster. Yeah. And he has the, he's like, I got the map. I got this bracelet, man. We yeah. found it among all your possessions, man. Yeah. And Cusack, so he's bluffing. He's yeah. saying that we found this. This identical bracelet, and Cusack's like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> like, yeah. So he's trying to goad him into implicating himself, um, and it's not quite doing the job. He's getting him, he's getting him riled up. up. He's, yeah. he's getting him riled. Oh, he's up. He's close. He's close. And this is where the title gets cited. I do, I do like that when the, yeah, when, the it's when, fun. When, when you name drop the title of your movie, The ground's frozen now, but I'll yeah. keep coming back, man. Um, but then everything gets blown open when uh, Cindy. Is watching through like the glass on yeah. the other side, and she's like, "Oh, that's definitely him." And she ends up just opening the door. I'm pretty sure you can't do that. I think they, I think they let her do it. I know, but you know, maybe have the other guy go in first because she <laughs> like, opens the door and Dean
0: Norris just like kind of <laughs> he just kind of sneaks around. It's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and John Cusack being a f- or sorry Bob being an absolute idiot I don't know if this is how he was convicted if he did he deserves to be in prison uh, he's just like you fucking bitch no, I no, should it's, like it's yeah, worse than it- that oh yeah he says another word yeah, uh, he says this who so you were yeah. like, well
1: I- we, we can say it we're not British like
0: no, we can't say it. We because can't. We can't say it because oh, we're not they, British. They, oh, okay. Yeah. they say
1: it. We don't. Yeah. Okay, I got it. They okay.
0: can do it because it's way more. It's more chill. Okay. Uh, for us, it's not. Okay. Uh, but well, yeah, I know that. I don't use it. He's like, I should have killed you when I had the chance, and they're all like, Oh <laughs> shit, we got him. Yeah. But w- w- what's the tape on? <laughs> <laughs> that is fucking admissible. Um. So yeah. Uh. Um, I, be- before go we for get. It. Um,
1: I love when we're like literally pulling away from the scene like the camera pulls back through the door and everything um, you just hear very low on the audio track um, the attorney say, like, oh Bob oh
0: Bob oh Bob I've got it down he goes he goes oh oh, oh, oh Bob, Bob. <laughs> it's so fucking funny if you hear your lawyer go oh your name like you are fucked
1: yeah I, I just love that it's just you, you can feel his defeat oh, he's just like why did I take this
0: gig? I just rewatched I just rewatched Wolf of Wall Street and one of the lawyers at the end is like, "You know what we call this case? Grenada. It's an unlosable case." Uh yeah, this is this is oh. now an unlosable case. Oh, oh Bob, oh. I'm no longer your attorney. Uh yeah, so he was convicted of 461 years in prison. Uh, I guess he did a plea deal. He's like uh, you don't have to confess to all of them, but you need to confess to these two. And the judge is like, "Oh yeah, you're never getting out of prison. No chance of parole. Yeah. No, it's um,
1: 461 plus life."
0: And this <laughs> was this was decent of him. I'll give him this. Uh, he actually led the police officers to the locations of at least 17 of the victims. Um, I mean, it's a it's a decent thing to do, like at least give the the families closure on where they're you know. Yeah, you,
1: you know, don't be a complete. Dick about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, you yeah. know, that's unfortunate. Not all of them were recovered. Yeah. But, you know, probably honestly just didn't remember like, at that point. Like,
0: yeah. I think the peace of mind for families, like, is no, that, that's huge. It's just a missing person. So you like, they could be out there living a life and just you don't know. Uh, or and yeah.
1: yeah. And also the it calls back to the sister from earlier in the movie. All she wanted was like she knew that her sister was dead. Yeah. Or she, like or at least assumed she was like I just want to be able to put her to rest yeah like just for everyone's sake um but yeah we got a a brief montage here of him going out to like the, the, he's like on a helicopter and he's taking them out to the sites and we get all the statistics only 11 bodies were found um cage led all the searches over i don't know how many years um and then i think we're at the airport and cage and his wife are saying bye to cindy and uh an was on screen yeah. Like title here saying Cindy is now married with three kids, and the film this film was the first time she has told her story. Yeah, and, and the film is dedicated to the victims, who all the people we have photos of, uh, they have like their names and like date of birth and stuff like in a photo montage at the end. So that's very respectful. Yeah, that's decent of them to do. And like I said, I feel like the that little note there that this is the first time that this particular person shared these details publicly. That's probably a huge reason why the movie got made. Yeah. It's just, you know, to take advantage of the fact that it's like, oh, that's a story that should be told. And, you know, it is a story that should be told, but at the same time, not in this way. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, like I said, from, a, from like a screenwriting standpoint, there's a lot of decisions made that make perfect sense. It's just in terms of like making an engaging Ex- film. Execution, yeah. Yeah, the execution's just not there. Like, for instance, um, you and I were like kind of <laughs> ragging on the film for the pattern of Vanessa Hudgens constantly running away. Yeah that's the point yeah i mean i hate that that's the point but it is is because like when she enters the interrogation room at the very end of the movie like literally the end of the movie that's her breaking the cycle and finally confronting that which she continually was running away from yeah and so like from a screenwriting standpoint it's like yeah fuck that that equation adds up that math's great but it's like what did i really enjoy the path getting to that equal side no. It's like no <laughs> no it was kind of a slog and you know I, I'm not too much for misery porn and frankly like the the movie is just like it's it bears resemblance to too many other movies that are just far superior
0: I was gonna say post Lord of War and Bad Lieutenant honestly this is probably one of the better ones Cage has done and honestly one of the better ones John Cusack has done because he is in almost nothing now
1: well I haven't seen it, but um, I think in the late two thousands, War Incorporated, mm. um, supposed to be like a supposed to be like a big social commentary movie or something um, about like politics and economics and whatnot. Anyway, apparently it was like a disaster, mm. um, and John Cusack was a huge part of it. Gotcha. And it sunk a lot of people that were involved in it. Eesh. I think it was in the late two thousands, but. Cage I th- I almost I'm almost positive that Season of the Witch was the same year 2013. Yeah, we've done that. Um I don't know when Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance came out. May have been around the same time or a few years 2011, ago. I believe 2011. Was, okay. I think it was 2011. So, similar time period. Um I wouldn't call this one of C- Cage's better movies.
0: No, from this era like from, from this from, from
1: this era it's fine. But yeah. that's the problem with this. It's just fine. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just um with so many other options out there, why would you pick this one?
0: <laughs> I'm just like, I'm looking through the movies he did. Like, this was post the second Ghost, ghost Rider. And, I mean, at this point, he's... Bad Lieutenant was 2009. Yeah. And that was the last good movie he's in.
1: Well, that one had the benefit of having Werner Herzog in the director's chair. Yeah. That's a big fucking deal.
0: And honestly, I'm looking through these. Um, I He doesn't have a good one on here that <laughs> I know of until I mean, when
1: bangkok dangerous was like 2008 2009 right
0: which is totally fine it's a totally fine movie mandy i think i don't think he's done an, an actual like decent movie until mandy
1: sorcerer's apprentice was probably like 2007 it was too. it was right before yeah uh but yeah so this was i guess the dark times in everyone's career except for vanessa Hudgens. well dark time in terms of content yeah but, but in terms of like prestigious acting roles. This was she was kinda on the upswing I guess. Yeah,
0: this was this would have been good but for but
1: for the other two guys, uh, this is them kind of collecting a paycheck and hoping for the best. Well, uh, Cusack as far as I can tell hasn't really come out of it. Cage no. obviously Cage is back in a big way.
0: Ooh, I mean John Cusack is really taking some stinkers. Uh I mean, wow. Yeah. He's yeah. in Chirac oh, Interesting. Really? Yeah. That, I haven't seen, but that, that is one of the uh, um, Spike Lee joints that I was curious about.
1: Yeah, um, it's, uh, it's on the
0: Amazon. Oh, I think they co-produced it. That's got kind of Nick Cannon. Maybe, oh, maybe oh, not. Oh, dear. Close! Uh, that's unfortunate. Ghost <laughs> Almost got me. Almost got me. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: but yeah, that was the frozen ground. You got yeah. anything else you wanted to say about Kyle?
0: No, that's all I have to say about that.
1: Yeah, this was this was funny, because like, I remember you prefaced things... Like around the time we started doing the show, is this like as it it's better than you'd think? You better,
0: better than you think, it, because and because that's of, true, yeah.
1: Like, because my initial impression was that it was a direct to video movie, and I didn't even know Vanessa Hudgens was in it, to be ah. honest, let, let alone the, you know the, the basically main, the main character. The main character. <laughs> um, she did well. Yeah. Um, it is better than you'd expect, that doesn't mean it's good, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, thanks for joining us. Um, until next time, yeah.